Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Do you like golf? Do you like charity? Do you like having fun with friends? Do you like Jason and Carly Zucker? Well, then we have the opportunity for you. As you may already know, we have the second annual 10K Invitational coming up here in August, August 22nd to be exact. That's a Monday at Victory Links Golf Course in Blaine, Minnesota. And you can sign up a team today at 10ktakesmn.com. And there's a 10K Invitational tab there where you can sign up. And it comes with uh, a free towel courtesy of Soda Stick. Uh, of course, a round of 18 holes. And then potential for prizes, money, and more. There's even a dinner afterwards at CRS Billiards. And it's going to be a great time. It's all for charity. It also, was... sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, there is also a silent auction. And yep. as of today, thanks to Ditter uh, Heating and Cooling, there's going to be four club wild tickets and a parking pass. Mm-hmm. So I remember last year the... the uh, the silent auction was pretty bomb, and I expect it to be even better this year. It's gonna be. It's one of the. It's one of the stellar sites of our it's, our invitational. It's the cornerstone, exactly, of ten thousand takes charity work. Yes, it's not the golf. It's 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 the it's the silent auction for charity. But again, all proceeds from this tournament, when you sign up a team, or even if you're a company looking to sponsor, all proceeds go back to the Give Sixteen charity, which helps the children at the University of Minnesota Masonic Hill, uh, Children's Hospital, specifically the Jason and Carly Zucker Family Broadcast Suite. So help those in need, less fortunate than us, and come out and play a round of golf with us and everyone else. And Jason Zucker will Jason and Carly Zucker will be there. Jason will be driving around. It's gonna be a great time at Victory Links. But sign up today again at 10ktakesmn.com and you'll find a big beautiful tab at the top there that says 10K Invitational Golf Tournament. Go there, sign up. All the information's right on there as well if you need more info beyond this ad. But sign up today. On today's episode of It's a Bit. We're joined by Jason Zucker, recurring guest on the show. Good friend of 10,000 Takes, professional hockey player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're partnering with him on the 10K Invitational. Super fun interview with him talking all things golf, hockey, Vegas. You're not going to want to miss that. We're also going to give our bits of the week, as always, and end the show with canceling stuff because it's 2022. Everyone and everything's getting canceled. At this point, this segment is just our way of venting. Uh, just to a public forum, which probably isn't the best way to handle it. But you know what? That's what we do. We're in media. So uh, all that more on It's a Bit. This is the It's Bit podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Burgeoning empire called 10,000 Takes. This is the It's a Bit podcast featuring boss man, wags, and journalist Jake. Journalist Jake's a bitch, motherfucker. Hey, you know those guys who do 10,000 Takes? They do some funny bits, right? They're good. They're funny dudes. Yeah. 10,000 Takes. You're hanging with the number one podcast in the Twin Cities. It's a bit with 10,000 Takes. Last name ever. First Welcome name back greatest. to It's like a Bit, a ladies and gentlemen. Presented by 10,000 Takes. My name is Boss Man. I'm joined by just journalist Jake. Just two of us. Uh, it is actually my fault. So Cam was back in the mix, but I forgot to tell him that uh, we actually recorded the show a day earlier to fit uh, Jason's schedule. And Cam was like, I was never notified of this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I can't I can't remember everything all the time. 
You know, I beg to differ. I think he might have been notified because he is in, you know, some of the chats and everything like that. But but it's, it's hard to see if, you know, because we, we ramble on in some of these chats for sure. But, but yeah, that's why Cam is not here, unfortunately. So we do not have uh, him to, to rip on. Well, I, I sent him the message via Raven, which apparently is not a reliable form of communication anymore. The Raven must not have made it to Cam's home in Egan. So I, I guess let's blame Mother Nature on this one. I thought when you said the Raven, you actually meant some sort of new app. I'm like, never heard of that. No, the Raven. Oh, the the Raven. It's just another food delivery app, but you can also text people in it. Exactly. Uh, no, I was. I'm, I'm a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. So the Raven. I, I uh, that's how they that's how mm-hmm. they communicate in Game of Thrones. Either yeah. back in those days, you either put the message in a bird, which mm-hmm. is bananas, or someone fucking runs all the way there. And then eventually they had horses. Yeah, the messenger. I think they did do that in Lord of the Rings as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I love the shit we complain about in the 21st mm-hmm. century, and you used to have to run to deliver messages to other cities. Mm-hmm. Miles. That, that, that might have been your job. You were probably fit as hell, but or, imagine just that's that's like the epitome of your existence is running to another city to tell them, like, we're going to war with this city now. Or sail across the ocean for days on end with famine and disease. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Uh, let's be f- thankful, folks. But let's get into uh, the bit of the week. Start with you, journalist Jake. There's just two of us, so uh, what do we got for bits? Yeah, so I'm going to go with... They better be good. Yeah, the, the, we got half I the crew here, good, half the cast. But if they're not good, I would love some feedback on yep. social media. But, uh, well, mine is the drunken musician bit. So I think there is kind of always like this person at, at parties, who the guitar guy, right? Like you, you have the guy that is the musician, I would put an air quotes musician, um, who gets drunk at a party or gets a little drunk and they see a guitar and they have to pick it up and start playing. Well, I am that person. Um, we were having a, 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 a house party um, at the 10K house here on Friday, or I should say a get together. I don't want to scare people, but you know, I started picking up my guitar and started playing it a little bit. And usually I don't, I won't typically play that if a lot of people are there, if I'm, if I'm sober, you, you know, like I'll play that by myself or, or if you're having a jam sesh with the, with the bros, but, uh, I'm of course a little drunk. I'm like, I'm going to pick up guitar and just randomly start playing. And I become the guitar guy. And when you, when you're at a party like this and you pick up a guitar, you have to be prepared because everybody then thinks you are like Slash or Jimi Hendrix and can play every song known to man. So people were legitimately coming up to me asking, hey, uh, do you know this song by Taylor Swift? You should play that. You should play Wonderwall Wonderwall by Oasis. I'm like, you should be like, I'm not taking requests. No, no, I play what I want. I, what, what do I look like? I can't, I'm not going to play Taylor Swift. I don't know how to play that shit. So that, that's just, that's where I was. I mean, I was just playing like, I probably played like, uh, I don't know, smells like teen spirit and some really easy songs that my drunk brain can 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 take, which is probably just the same as my sober brain. See, at least you know how to play music on the guitar though. Like I I'm only good at guitar hero. I'm like really good at guitar hero, so I, I try to impress people by them watching me play guitar hero, but it's just really weird to watch someone else play video games. So I've never quite gotten the same level of uh impression by that I, I don't know i feel like that could be of equal uh status i feel like at a party when people are drunk and they see you hammering through through the fire and the flames on expert i feel like there's some imp- well what you got to do actually is you got to put on it when everyone's like really fucked up at the party you got to put on a youtube video of someone playing through the fire and the flames and then just yeah. have the guitar and just like shred every button nonstop. no one's gonna notice because no they're, they're, drunk not gonna, they're gonna be like oh my god this is the greatest thing i've ever seen mm-hmm that's an idea for you, folks. Exactly. Do that. You can become the guitar guy either, either virtually or, or in real life. Yeah. 
Pick your poison. That could be your bit. Uh, my bit is along the same lines, except it's a lot more embarrassing. I have the drunken cancellation bit. So uh, I think both of our bits go back to uh, our our other roommate, Donnie, houseboy Donnie's birthday on Friday night. This was probably the first time we had like a shit ton of people at the 10K house, mm-hmm. and it was reckless. Like, it was crazy. It was a, it was a fun night, but... Um, so we had a tea time for, I think, 1230 at Meadowbrook. And if you don't know what it's like to golf in the Twin Cities, you're either getting a tea time two days in advance or you're not playing golf that day. Like you're not waking up on Saturday morning and finding tea times wherever you want to play. Like we got lucky later. I'll get into that. But I was so like fucked up when I went to bed. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make this tea time. Mm-hmm. And I just canceled it. We had this thing booked out. We had booked it a few days in advance. I was just like, I just remember realizing how inebriated i was and i was like we're not gonna make it and then i just canceled the tea time and i remember you guys were downstairs the next morning like so i got some bad news i remember i I spent like an hour in my bed looking for other courses and i'm like "Uh uh-oh like i ruined today for everybody Mm. and i told you guys and you're laughing you're like what'd you do i'm like you're not gonna laugh in a couple minutes when i tell you what i did and i I never i never expected you're gonna say that to be honest Especially because I like I love golf. Like I mm. I will I will play and I won't play in the morning. I'm not a psychopath. I won't do that. But it takes a lot to get me not to play. And a different person canceled the tea time. I didn't know how to tell you guys that. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was shocking news for a Saturday morning, and we were you know we were we were prepping and we had our buddy uh, Joe Josie who blogs for us. He was I took off of work. Because he knew we were going to be golfing. That's the why next I day. felt really bad about it. But we managed to find a tee time at Valleywood somehow Shout at a out. decent time, and I don't know if there was a cancellation there on on their end. Another drunk guy canceling because we found a decent tee time around the two o'clock hour and went out there and uh, had a good time. Well, and keep in mind, we would have loved to have played at like four or five, but we had something. It was uh, Jenna from the the JJ Twins. Yeah. It was her birthday. Yes. She had she had a celebration at seven. So we yep. were like, well, the five o'clock tea time is usually the best time to play, yep. especially on a Friday. But we were like, we're not gonna we're not gonna make the dinner thing. So we had to have a time that we'd be done off the golf course by six. Shout out to Valleywood and our friend Jordan there who let us film the video with with Tanner and uh, Mariano. If you want to check that out, we played two Gopher players, Tanner Morgan and uh, Mariano Sorry Marin and. Uh, in a scramble, and it was a blast. That was at Valleywood. It was. Long story short. Very nice course. But yeah, and this can probably relate to anyone else. There are probably people who cancel dinner plans, who cancel Mm -hmm. reservations here, who cancel activities there, because they're just so drunk that night that they're that they assume that they're not going to feel better until Sunday. Or they do the opposite, and they book something way too early. Well, yeah. Yeah, You can be like, we're golfing tomorrow, man. We're at 8 a.m. One of my buddy's bachelor parties uh, up in Brainerd. My buddy Cole, you know Cole. Mm, yep. He he scheduled the tea times for nine a.m. the second day. We were out till Zorba's at bar close. We came home and drank more. It was like four in the morning when the time I passed out. And I remember he like woke us up at nine. He's like, "All right, boys, let's go. We're going golfing." And I'm like, I was just braiding him for a few minutes. I'm like, "Why the fuck would you schedule the yeah. tea time for nine o'clock?" And I'm like, "I want to die right now. I need at least two hours to just." remember what it's like to have basic motor skills Mm -hmm. and and i got to get up and golf i remember the first two holes i was nauseous but i had a few emergency beers in the bag and we were back in business they they help you out morning tea times morning tea times the night after you haven't even been drinking are still brutal like Mm -hmm. if i have to wake up for anything that's not work it better be important or something i really enjoy and i do really enjoy golfing but it's just play play at night it's way more fun to play at night yeah, and the weather's better too. It can be a little cooler out, yeah. and you know you're already in the drinking mood anyway. You're not tired usually, unless you're hungover, which is different than waking up super early. But it's uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 scary when when you book something super early. I think I saw the video. There was a video that went kind of viral. It's like a bachelorette party or something where a bunch of girls were on the boat and they're like, "Don't schedule a a, a, a party boat at seven in the morning or eight in the morning on a bachelorette weekend or a bachelor." They party let weekend. you do that. I guess, but they but they showed the video and everybody was just either sleeping, like hung over as shit. And like they were just, they were all like super tired and like super out of it, even though it was a, a party boat. And there was bumping music and everything. And they're all sitting there. EDM, out of it, except, EDM and bottles. And there was like alcohol there and they're like barely drinking it. A lot of them looked like they were dead and they were zombies. But then there was this one girl that was bumping to the music, like still going at it. I'm like, but I'm like, why are you scheduling something that early? Maybe it was cheaper, but it's like, don't, don't go out the, uh, don't party the night before. Maybe start the bachelor it party was, that day. Or it, was it was probably one of those things where they didn't plan on going on the party boat, and it was like 10 p.m., and they're yeah. like, oh, well, there's one available for 7. Like, let's just do it. We should just do it. We'll and be then fine. They, and you go out till 3, 4 in the morning, especially yeah. in Miami. Is yeah. that what you said it was? I don't know where it was. It's probably like Miami. It might have been Miami, but it's like, it's like, Ugh. yeah, they're like, girl, it'll be fun. Let's just book it at seven. We'll be fine. <laughs> and just, nope. And they still actually made Courtney it out there. shortly regretted that yeah. decision. Yeah. At that moment, she knew. She, she fucked up. up. Yeah. Exactly. Don't do anything at 7 a.m. Sleep. Let your body uh-huh. rest. For those people who are like, I wake up at 6 a.m., three eggs, Every day, two weight lifts. It's like, stop. The workout aspect. Like, I like waking up once in a while. Like, if I'm if I'm up north and I didn't aggressively drink the night before and I'm going out fishing on the lake, it's really nice to get out there. It kind of still still kind of sucks getting up. And when you're out there, you're like, okay, this is right. cool. And I've golfed up north a couple of times super early and once you get out there through a couple holes you're like okay this is okay if you're not hung over right and you're not doing this every single day and you're doing something you kind of want to do um you kind of have a little motivation that you know stuff that's not work but if you're of course those guys that are waking up at 5 a.m and nothing to get i mean that's i guess there's some some science to it you know waking up at 5 a.m getting a workout and getting the protein you probably feel good but then or or if you play hockey know. for Cal Dietz, you're jerking off at some point too. At, at three or four in the morning and yep. then icing your balls and then waking up early for I mean Go for hockey shit. strength trainer. Has he has yeah. he do that if that's your thing? Yeah. And for the people when I said don't wake up and do shit early, I'm just saying that because I'm too lazy to and I know I'd be I'd probably be way more productive during the day mm-hmm. if I woke up and did that shit. If you just know my personality, that's yeah. I, I like sleeping in, so couldn't make me do it. But Folks, uh, we have quite a long interview with Jason Zucker planned. It was absolutely electric, so we're going to cut to that really quick after a quick commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, as journalist Jake has mentioned in the prior weeks, we have been called up to the big leagues. No, we're not talking at sports. We suck at those. We're talking about something better, building cup snakes. We're actually taking it back to where it all started, Target Field, to build a world record cup snake. I think we got to beat 247 feet was our own record, 241 from the wild game. That is the number to beat. And luckily, we're flying in some special help. Sammy Adams, platinum recording artist, sings all night longer. Great tune. Yeah. I know the lyrics. I just don't want to sing the whole song. But uh, yeah, Sammy's awesome dude. It's going to be fun partying with him. I know there's going to be an after party at some point after, so be on the lookout for that. But tickets are on our website, 10ktakesmn.com, if you go to the events tab, or it's our 
on our pin tweets, a golf tournament, but if you're yep. on TikTok or Instagram, it's the link to buy tickets. So buy them for you and all your friends. I think tickets are 42 bucks, but it includes $15 of loaded concession value, which let's be honest, you're going to spend anyway. Yeah, exactly. And five bucks back to the twins community fund. So we're also building cup snakes for charity. Cause you always got to throw a charity aspect in there. You got to whatever you do, do it for good reasons. Mm-hmm. If we're going to get drunk and build a cup snake, I hope we can somehow benefit the game of baseball. Yes, build up the youth and bring it to more people, I think, is the mission of the Twins Community Fund. We build cup snakes, but we also want to build we, youth baseball, baseball yeah, popularity. Uh, uh, popularity and involvement, I should right, say. Right, involvement. And, and especially in communities where they probably need more involvement, you right. know, you know, torn communities. But, yeah, we're drinking we're, we're drinking the beer, well, we're, and then they're getting we're, baseball. <laughs> we're drinking the beer so they don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So go to our if you're listening from Instagram or TikTok, it's in the link to buy tickets. If it's if it's any other social, just go to 10ktakesmn.com slash events. You'll find it in the top post. But yeah, get your tickets now. Uh, the the rows are definitely filling up fast. I know a lot of people have said we're coming. We're excited to build the snake. Sammy's flying all the way from New York City to build the snake to perform a banger after. So it's going to be a great weekend. All right, folks. Welcome back to it's a bit. Special guest joining us, recurring guest, we got Jason Zucker, professional hockey player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jason, welcome back to the, to the 10K studio. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I was, I was going to say this is probably a significant upgrade from the last studio you were in. You were one, of the, one of the OGs who got to go to the, the prior late closet. Yeah, I mean, at least I got to sit on the couch and hang out. I mean, it was, it was a good setup still. I liked it. It was the casting couch. Yeah. So podcasting, I mean, podcasting couch. couch, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was, I remember last year you said that it gave off strong Amazon vibes or early startup vibes. Yeah. yeah so 100%. Does this still have Jeff, just Jeff it, Bezos vibes? This is better. I mean, okay. you're, yeah, you're, you're working your way up. Did you ever look at that picture, by the way? Did you ever yeah, we did. We, we did. did. We, we put it in the clip yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, you were talking about the poster where it's just yeah. blue spray paint yeah. that says Amazon. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was dialed in for what they needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to upgrade. You work mm-hmm. your way up. Right. You well, guys did it. This is great. Moved away from a couch to some tables. Yep. Yeah. We're we getting a nicer there. camera. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned about like that's all they had. The first time we ever did a live show when we changed our, our logo, we were at like a we did like a wild watch party and uh, we realized that we didn't have a flag or anything with our logo on it. So my mom actually drew that right there, provided the uh, the sign she for the day. She drew that. That's she neat. drew that by hand. That's really nice. Yeah. There's no chance I could do that. No, I have no, zero, zero artistic ability. No. I, I have to like cheat and trace stuff mm-hmm. or I had to have to print it and then somehow like do something with the lines and then just color them in. Is there anything in here that we trace? Because I know we did that a couple of times for like our, our stupid football tailgates that we oh, did that, for a go yeah, for that, football that, games. That sign's outside if you want to yeah, go get it quick. Yeah. No. Is it outside? Yeah. It's right around the corner. Okay. Let me go. Let me go grab it quick. Yeah. It was uh we, we did like a tailgate. We were pissed off that ESPN didn't go to the go for Penn State game when it was like a, a huge game for Big Ten implications. And we were like, we're just going to have our own tailgate show out of the back of my truck. So we drew our own sign. We called it college game morning. This was traced. Well, that's actually the better. That's the better of the two. You should go get the yeah, actual. The that looks pretty one. good. It's it's just on the it's sitting on the shelf somewhere over there. That one's actually the good one. I think I cheated on that one somehow though. I think I had, someone had a projector and I traced it. Oh, see, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a large stencil. Right. That wouldn't. Yeah, he found it. This this is the bad one. You talking about the whole board? Yes. Yeah, we got the whole board here. <laughs> Oh yeah, that one. That one's tough. And and we actually use the same board for Wisconsin. Yeah, and feet. you just put a piece of paper over it. Yeah, we had a Penn State logo. That's a pretty good helmet, though. Yeah, 
And we didn't have uh, we didn't. That face mask is is pretty hideous. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Jason, do you think the helmet on the left would protect you in a hit? I don't. I think it's a bowling ball <laughs> yes. with someone's foot next to it. Yeah, there it is. That's tough. I've but, never seen a, a perfectly round helmet before. No. <laughs> hey, that's impressive, guys. I mean, it, it's really about the effort, right? Well, and unfortunately, we didn't have uh, we didn't have Home Depot to sponsor our show, but we had Rock Hard Home and Hardware, which is a, nice. It's a may or may not be a non-existent company, yeah. right? Hoping it's 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 legit. But uh, I'm yeah. sure there's one somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be. be. Well, no, there is actually not not a hardware store, but it's a Rock Hard land- Landscaping in Burnsville. Yeah, it's in Burnsville. It's Rock Hard Landscaping, and you can get Rock Hard hats from there. See, that's sweet. Yeah. We're, so we're you're gonna, yeah, you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. We're Have them sponsors. We're, we're artists. We're we're getting there. We don't need we don't need to go to professionals. We're we're uh, we're amateurs here, and we bring on amateur artists, but they do better than us. So yeah, like your mother. Yes, correct. Um, so scale one to ten of how excited you are to be at the second annual ten K Invitational this year. I'm really excited. I mean, first of all, thank you guys for doing that. I mean, it, it, this money goes a long way for for our space at the Children's Hospital. Um, you know, for us, we were. Uh, you know, very proud that, um, our space was the only thing that was able to be used at the hospital during COVID. Um, and it was, you know, nothing to do with any of the other spaces or anything they did wrong. It was just simply that nobody was allowed to leave their room. So luckily with, with the Zucker family suite and broadcast studio, we were able to push everything all to their rooms and they were able to still have all their inactive games and, and still be a little bit a part of the suite while, you know, COVID was going on. So, um, you know, the, the good of that is that, you know, it was very useful. The negative is we burned through a lot more money than we thought we were going to mm-hmm. during that time. Right. So events like this are, are, are huge and, and very helpful for us. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, and thank you to everybody that's going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I missed last year. I think it was a little bit later. I left for camp maybe. It was in mm-hmm. September. It was near yeah. the end of September. So. Yeah. So I think I was uh, already at camp, but this year I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be there and um, just, I think I'm just driving around. I still have yet to touch my golf clubs this year, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate, but um you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great event. I'm excited for it. Well, can you take a gander at which team you think got last place in last year's 10K Invitational Tournament? Um, was it yours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we could use you. I don't know. But you wanna, are, you guys, have, are you guys not good golfers? He's pretty good. I'm a good golfer, but my back could only take so much. Yeah, that's that, the issue. that makes sense. But yeah. uh, if you want to hit a few putts for us, we'd gladly take it. Yeah, I mean that's that. one of the things I could probably do. Yeah. Celebrity yeah. putts, I, yeah. I'm going to need that. Well, I should say, what was a con- contributor to that? It may or may not have been who was one of our sponsors there, the CBD. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, was, uh, cultivated CBD cultivated CBD was a, was a premium sponsor last yeah. year. And I may or may not have got what I thought was high off of some of the uh, CBD gummies there. So, and that might have detracted my golf game a little bit, but. I was having a great time. We were raising money. For what it's worth, I'm not calling you out, but Tiger actually uses that for his professional events. Really? Yeah. Like while he plays? Yeah. I had Phil do it too, or the the squirt stuff. Yeah. And the gum that Tiger's chewing is actually CBD. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's something. And the rumor is that THC is in it as well. Well, Jake, Jake seems to think so. He apparently gets stoned every time he does it. I've never felt that. I'm not even like a stoner or anything, but every time I've taken CBD, I just feel relaxed. I don't feel... I don't know what it was. Apparently, that's what threw us off. Uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm the greatest golfer out of all of us here, allegedly. So that just threw everything <laughs> off. CBD. That was it. Yeah. What? Uh, what's your prediction on how we finish this year? 36 teams, full tournament. 
I'll give you 35th this year. 35th? Okay. Yeah, I mean, at least. It's improvement. You're moving up. Yeah. You know, your studio's moving up. Yep. Your, your golf game's moving up. I, I give you 35th. Well, and the. It's not too bad. Yeah. I, okay, we'll take that. The, the best bit about it is we're like, well, as the guys who organize the tournament, it'd be a bad look if we finished, like, really well. Because it looked like, you know. We're, we're really yeah, well, I mean, ourselves. the other option is to do that and then just be good guys and just give the, you know, awards. Oh, to yeah. People. yeah. You know, okay, so we can. About it that way, too. So, or, or we give the prize money back to the charity. Yeah. Yeah, double better. Guys. There you go. See, that's why we didn't actually win last year because we didn't want to try too hard and be win first place to yeah. make it look sketchy. So, or anything. so at at our golf tournament this year, I was actually with a group to start. I was with uh, Paul Meets Sauce Lambert, and oh, he yeah. was kind of the second celebrity because then I ended up driving around, and uh, and so the group was like, "Yeah, we can't win, right?" On like hole one, I'm like, "No, we can. Like, mm-hmm. we can win. We're just, you know, I don't know if we are, but we can try, right?" Mm-hmm. After about the second hole, I was like, oh, you know what, guys? Like, we can't win. But I want we, – we had zero chance of winning. That was really what it came right. down to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to l- lift their spirits, make sure they had fun, like right. think they couldn't win because I was on their team. When really we definitely could have. We were just really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was our team too that day. Like, we did not play well at all. Yeah. It it's also – Scrambles are hard. They yeah. are. Yeah. Everyone's trying to swing for the fences. You're not playing, like, your normal game. You're trying to hit it as far as you can every time. And all you're doing is going for birdies, and that's never a good yeah. approach. Subconsciously, you kind of don't give a shit if you're not the last person because you're like, oh, someone else will get my back if I hit a bad shot. You don't concentrate. You just kind of swing. That right. terrifies me, though, because like, you it, be the anchor. You, like Jack is usually the anchor here because he's the, you know, the best golfer in our group. And a majority of the time, he'll just hit a, you know, stick one out there, you know, great shot. But then once in a while, you'll kind of slice it to the left or, or, you know, you'll hit a bad shot like every golfer does. And then the next two golfers go and I'll be lashed. You're like, well, Jake, uh, no, you need to uh, be your savior here. I'm like, oh, no, this is where I'm even worse than I am if I'm just up there individually playing. Yeah. But I make fun, sure though. that if I'm playing in a scramble, I go first every time for that reason. That's mm-hmm. smart. I can sit there in my head. I'm like, I'm just going to hit a normal shot. If I hit a bad one, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good. Yeah. But at least... I know in my head it's not like a pressure shot because that's going to make me even worse. Well, and the best guy in a scramble is, is the one who hits first or second hits the safe ball so yeah. that so that I can just swing for the fences and I have no punishment if I miss. Right. But as the anchor, when it comes down to it, and it's like you look at your team and you're like, guys, if I don't hit this shot well, like we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've said that out loud, you hit a bad shot. Like there's, Every time. N- there's no coming back from that. Yeah. It's a poor attitude. Yeah. I'm, I usually am the safe shot guy. Like I'm just mm-hmm. going to step up, hit an easy one. And then move on. I love it. And scrambles are scary, though. But okay. uh, it's fun, though. So if, if your prediction for us is 35th out of 36, what do you think it's going to take for us to get there? Um, Score-wise? Yeah. Or just or just any, any, or any advice par, you is have. Is par your friend? We're never going to be mad with a par. I think... No, like, at the tournament, do you allow bogeys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bogeys mm-hmm. the highest score. Okay. Man, what were you last year? Shit, I think we shot... S- Seven sixty nine, maybe seventy. It was rough. Although the three guys Ooh, on my team, if you would have said plus. That would have been really bad. Yeah, no. No, I mean we made no. we made we made a lot of pars and and just a couple bogeys. We had like four or five birdies. Okay, I'm gonna say uh, sixty five. Okay. Yeah, sixty five. That seven under. Yeah. Who? What did the winning team finish with? Oh my! What God. was their score? Probably like twenty two or twenty one. Yeah, I was say, it's usually cheese. It's always the group that birdies every hole and eagles all the par fives. Yeah. So if you were to do that on every single one, I think it's minus twenty four. Somebody yeah. told me once. Yep. 
is like the highest you can get. Unless, unless you like dunk out or right, exactly. albatross or hole in one, which. Right. So if you know. just go birdies and eagles on par fives, you're, you're at like minus 24. Yeah. Okay. I think I think the problem is we need to just avoid the bogeys. We need to we need to take pars. We need to be like, okay, if we get a par, it's not the end of the world, and then attack when you have the chance for birdie. Yeah, it's just hard in a scramble because you just feel like you have to get after it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right. Tough. But yeah. it's it's uh it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be at Victory Links. So have you have you ever golfed there? I haven't. Yeah. No, I've heard it's a great course though. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually they use it as qualifying for the three M. Yeah, they use it as qualifying and for like qualifiers for the US Open, I think they use it for like some amateur competitions. Like it's a really tough I, I golfed it once earlier earlier this year. It's pretty difficult. It's a pretty challenging course, but I mean it's it's a Lynx course though, yeah, right? You just yeah. carve the ball. Yeah, exactly. Get away but, with that. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. But it, it'll yeah, I'm excited for it. It'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. How would you feel this may or may not be in the works, but how would you feel with the winner of this tournament getting a sponsor exemption into the Masters? All, are you, are all you four still, of them. Are you still working on it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it, it may be in the works. It may or may not be there, in the works. There may have been some emails sent. Sent to Augusta National. Sent to the chairman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you get a response, let me know. Okay. But, um, I mean, I like the idea. Can I be on the winning team then? Uh, I've never you, played. Well, I we mean, were also going to like, yeah, we were going to give ourselves sponsor exempt as well, so we can bundle you into. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. then I'm all I'm on board. I'll email somebody. Who do I got email? Yeah, I mean, uh, let me Google it. Yeah, I think I think allegedly this is this is like we're 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 discussing some very secretive in, uh, now the, the, internal. I think historically this tournament hasn't done a sponsor exempt, considering there's not really a sponsor. But uh, oh, it's Fred Ridley, that guy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we we we're, we're we may or not be in contact with Fred Ridley. Fred Ridley, if you have a connection, let us know. We, yeah. we might need it. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's gonna be a great event. And folks, if you can't make the 10K Invitational, uh, you can also give uh, on your guys' website, right? Is just give16.com. Yeah, if you go to give16.com, we have all the info there. Where um, you know you can't give directly to Give16, but you're gonna give directly to the hospital. Okay. Um, they'll give you all your receipts and everything, but you can do it all from give16.com. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, you said you haven't golfed yet this year. Um, do you, are you usually an avid golfer? Yeah, I usually try to play quite a bit. Um, I'm still rehabbing my groin injury from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting. I feel pretty good. Like I probably could go play and be all right, um, but I'm at the point where, like, I could go play. You know, I've hit some shots when I bring out like Sophia, you know, my mm-hmm. old, my oldest daughter or Hendrix, whatever, and it feels okay doing that. But if I were to go play a full eighteen, you know, hitting, I mean, eighty five, ninety, ninety five shots, hundred shots, whatever it is, like it's not going to be good, you know, that amount Mm -hmm. of, of, of playing. So that's kind of why I've stayed away. Um, you know, I probably could go play, you know, six holes with the kids or something, go play nine or something and be okay. But right now it's really, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So Um, if you're rehabbing an injury like that, is there still like certain things you can do just to, just to stay? Um, honestly, I can do pretty much anything that feels okay. I mean, based on talking to, you know, the guy that does my rehab, my PT and everything. Um, but golf is one of those things that it's my right leg. So, you know, just turning on that leg, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a righty golfer, um, is probably the most uncomfortable position I can put myself in. So again, it's, I could, I probably could go play and be all right, but it's, like I said, it's just not really worth it right now. So right. I haven't had a whole lot of like extracurricular activities. It's mainly mm-hmm. just hanging out with the kids, but I bring them out on the course and it's fun for me to do that. I mean, 
um, once you have kids, you kind of live vicariously through them anyway. So yeah, it's, right. it's kind of fun to be out there with them. Are any of your kids uh, showing any signs of being a future Tiger Woods at golf? Sophia is really good. Okay. Um, she's 12. She's on the junior PGA league, um, you know, um, at interlock and she does, she does pretty well. Um, she's fun to watch. She can hit the ball. She's got, a, she's, she's tall and lanky, so she's got a nice swing. Um, but she crushes the ball. Like she can, she'll hit the, she'll drive the ball 150, you know, 160, something like that for maybe for 12 years old. It's pretty good. Um, you know, so I think she's really good. Hendrix is a maniac. He's just out there. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's the big mm. swinger. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's just going for it. Yeah. <laughs> he's all over the map, but he has fun. I mean, he loves being out there. He asked me to go every day. Oh, you know, so he loves being out there. He takes lessons twice a week now. Nice, just it, you know, he enjoys yeah. it. So Sophia, um, I mean, if she keeps going and she really enjoys it, um, you know, I could see her on the LPGA for sure. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, she could probably beat me. I was gonna say yeah. she could probably hit a tee shot for so yeah. it's, it's pretty cool how they do it. They base they basically play every hole as a as a par four from 150 out is how yep. they do it and then the par fives are still par fives but they play those from 175 and then how they do it from there is they they do like um classifications so she can go and once she can do that par all the par fours and par fives from 150 and 175 then they'll move her back to 200 on everything Okay, mm-hmm. and you'll still play them at par fours and par fives, and then once you can par all of that, you can play the course from the ladies' tees. Nice. Oh, wow. So it's kind of cool how yeah. they set it up that yeah, it way. Gives them a goal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know, hopefully by like fifteen, she'll be playing the ladies' tees. You know, would be kind of the goal. Yeah. Um, and so she's doing pretty well so far, but we've never gone through the whole class. It's only through nine holes, also, but uh, we've never gone through the classification yet. But she's she's getting close to to moving back to like that two hundred point for sure. I remember playing junior golf. That's kind of how they did it for us too as kids. Certain age group would be from 150 on. And yeah. it's crazy. That's actually a really good thing to teach kids because that is the most important range. It's not about hitting the long ball off the tee. It's not yeah. about it's about approach hitting your approach shot on the green and two putting. Or, you know, if you right. are near the green chipping on and, and one putting, like it teaches yeah. you the most important part of the of the course, which is one fifty sure. and in. Yeah. It's my worst distance. So Man, I'm the same way. My yeah. irons are terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Driving and putting, I'm actually not bad. Yeah. Irons absolutely god awful. Mid range wedge shots, I'm terrified of. Yeah. Like a seventy yard wedge shot yeah. where you're taking yeah. like a half swing. I never know how to hit it. I'm afraid of shanking it. I'm yeah, those are it. tough. Yeah. Those are really tough. But what's cool for the kids is like until this year, Sophia was able to hit a drive on everything. You know, even mm-hmm. the par threes from one 30 she was hitting her driver now she actually has to start picking clubs she can hit her driver too far so she's got to be careful for yeah. 150 like there's not many holes that she can hit the par five she uses her driver that's it everything else she uses a three wood or you know she'll use a long iron or something so it's kind of fun to see her now like trying to figure it out because before it was just mindlessly like okay driver every time now she actually has to think about it and think decide distance yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. strategize yeah yeah, yeah. So, so you know pulling so, out the notebook yeah, looking, yeah, taking exactly. notes, the yardage right. book. Yep. Yeah, because there's a couple holes like she hits. Like right now, she hits a little bit of a fade every time. Mm-hmm. So any hole that goes left, she's like terrified of. So she hits an iron, <laughs> plays she a can safe ball. Yep. Exactly. That's literally what I do because I yeah. hit a really big fade. And yeah, those dogleg lefts are terrifying. You just yeah. put it, you poke an iron to the right side of it, and <laughs> yeah, and you're okay. <laughs> yeah, that. So that's kind of what she does. But it's fun to see them like. For me, I'm driver every time. I don't care what. I'm just yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Same here. Scrip like, and rip it. Yeah. I mean, I play golf to to 
you know, try to hit good shots. Mm-hmm. I don't play to shoot low scores, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of you know a little bit ass backwards, I think. But mm-hmm. like that's kind of the way that I've always played. Is like I want to go out there and have fun and like. If I shoot a 90, but I have like five shots and I'm like, that was an awesome shot. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if I go out and I play like a crazy boring game now, I've never done this. So that's why I claim, you know, I claim I wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. But if like I went out and played a boring game and shot like an 80, I don't know if it'd be that great. Yeah. It's just like pars every time and they're, you're kind of scrappy and. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you no know, like, the, like the, you know, the old guys at the country club where like mm-hmm. you just punch it up to the green and you. Oh, that's such out. a, yeah. that's a boring way. To that's play. what yeah. I'm saying. Like, that's what all the guys at Interlock can do. And I claim that I would hate that. Mm-hmm. I've never actually tried it or done yeah. it. I'm not good enough to do it anyways, but right. I claim that I would hate it so that I just keep doing it the other way. And then I hit a couple good shots around and I'm okay with it. You want to be the guy that's hitting an immaculate shot from the woods. Yo, After you yes. slice it off the off the tee, you're like, oh, yes. dang it. Then you hit one yeah. right through the woods beautifully onto the green for no reason, and you sink it for birdie or par Yeah, instead everyone, of straight. It's so much re- yeah. more rewarding than yeah. just putting right. it on the green and two-putting for par every hole. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That was exactly. boring. Yeah. It's nice. It's convenient, but it feels way better when you rip a tiger stinger out of the woods. For sure. Cut it around the trees and well, then make par. And I can pretend I can hit like a, a stinger fade out yeah. of the mm-hmm. trees. I can't do that. I just accidentally yeah. – I'm, I'm hitting a – poor shot on accident and it just works out sometimes <laughs> see but that's why you're a good yeah. scramble guy if you yeah. if you hit one in five shots good and like you're happy with that like that's solid that's yeah because i'm good with that yeah then you contribute i'm not a pro golfer yeah no well you it's know? it's like i feel like my role in, in a scramble group i think last year I, I say it every time is i'm due for one long random ass putt like just for no reason just it goes in every almost every round and i think last year i'm like yeah guys i'm due for a random long putt though and like on hole three just hit sunk like a 30 footer mm-hmm. and I'm just like okay well we're using his ball I'm like well that's the only one guy so let's just calm down but yeah I did my job for the day <laughs> that was probably for par too yeah I think it was for par and and I, I think no because I remember I went up to putt it you're like and you were getting ready to maybe use your ball and or or whatever and I just went up and and putted it and it went in we're like oh shit like take it I'm like well guys this is the only one of the day so made the decision we'll go before for. we had a chance yeah I had a hockey coach in Vegas that I used to golf with all the time as I, you know, after I got older and he used to tell me that I wasn't good enough to get mad playing golf. And ever since he said that to me, I was like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like you're not even good enough to get mad. So why are you getting mad? Mm -hmm. Cause I used to get pissed off all the time Mm -hmm. hitting bad shots and this. He's like, you're not even, why are you getting mad? And he was like a two, you know, he was insane. Mm -hmm. And so, but he played like that old man style, 150 down the middle. He'd hit his hybrid. Or he'd hit driver off the deck, then he'd chip up one putt from three inches, and it would and it would randomly maybe not do that, but he was just more often than not just making pars easily like every that. single time. Yeah, that's just boring. It was crazy. Like I don't remember the last time he hit like one. Like he used to get mad when he would hit it into the rough off from a drive. <laughs> the rough. Well, he's one yeah. of those guys. Yeah, okay. I just love when I'm not yeah. in the trees. I, I know. Just, yeah. I just love I'm, having a shot. Me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and so he and then he had this thing every single. His name's Larry Sanford. And then every single round, he would, whoever he was playing with, he would make a bet. He had a lefty driver in his bag. He would bet every guy like 20 bucks that whoever could hit the furthest lefty drive. Mm-hmm. And whoever he played with most of the time were hockey players. Mm-hmm. And 90% at the time were lefties. I feel like every hockey player was a lefty for the longest time. And uh, he would outdrive us every single time. And he would just take our money and basically paid for us golf yeah. for the day. And he'd mm-hmm. move on. <laughs> and he'd shoot a 74 and he'd go home and have a couple beers and call it a day. Yeah. That'd be it. Yeah. 
I could retire. In. If I shoot a 74, I'm just going to be done with you should, golf. You should just quit. Yeah. Just go out, go yeah. out while you're on top. Did you, um, did you ever break any clubs ever? Oh, you play golf? Yeah, way too many. Oh. Yeah. I broke my first one the other week and I, I was upset about it, but I'm like, well, I feel like this is one of uh, many to come. Yeah, when I first started playing, when I was living in Vegas in the summers, I was breaking him way too often. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's when I ended up playing with him. And I think I, I don't think I broke one, but I think I threw one. Yeah, and he's like, "You're not even good enough to get mad. Why yeah. are you mad right now?" Like I, you know, like the best I've ever gotten is like to a ten handicap. Like, so I'm mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a right. good golfer. I'm okay. I can, yeah. Yeah, I can hit the ball, but I'm not like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Yeah, why are you even getting mad? You're not even good enough to get mad." And ever since he said that, I've not broken one club. Sometimes yeah. you just have to chuck them, though. Mm-hmm. I know there's it's, times. There's, where, it's, yeah. it's, I even I like stopped doing it for a while because I, as a kid, I I hit it like a baseball bat against the ball washer and I shattered. And after that, I was like so traumatized at what I'd done, especially because like my parents paid for the club, so I felt really bad. I never did it for a while, but then after college, I kind of started started throwing them again and. <laughs> I, I don't do it often, but yeah, it sometimes does. sometimes you just gotta let it fly. It's satisfying sometimes, it especially does, especially if you hit good. the same yeah. club consistently. Poor, it's like this needs to be taught a lesson. You just chuck the fucking thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it 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 feels good to do it. it does. The worst <laughs> one I've ever done, I remember, and I it was purely by accident. Hit a bad like chip shot next to the green in Vegas. Every course you don't walk anywhere. You're you're mm-hmm. driving you know carts everywhere. Yep. Yeah, and. uh that was a rude awakening when I got to Minnesota too. People are walking the course. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's psychotic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now I actually started liking it a little bit, but not enough to like carry my own bag. Right. I'll use a push cart and I know people mm. are like, oh, losers use push. I'm like, I don't care. I'm <laughs> no. not carrying my bag. No. Pulse. Like, I'm not my own caddy. Well, yeah. especially as a pro athlete, you get plenty of exercise. I'm, like, I'm not doing yeah. that. We're, yeah, ta- we're talking about guys who are on the couch 99% of the week and their wife yells them, you're carrying your clubs today. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and so um, anyway, so I hit a bad shot and I just like turned around and like threw my club one-handed and he was sitting in the cart and the club went through the cart and hit the roof, shattered on the roof and yeah. both pieces, one on top, one through the middle of the cart. Oh, oh my, and my gosh. And I my brother's head by probably this Ooh. much. It was my oldest brother's, Evan. And uh, to this day, I remember watching this club like, oh no. Yeah. And it almost smoked him right in the head and it it yeah it was gone that was it it was like my 60 degree wedge i don't know something like that yeah and it would have been it would have hurt bad yeah that would have done some damage in my head i didn't even think i just threw Mm -hmm. it right and yeah as i i like turned around as it was breaking over the cart and almost hitting him in the head i didn't even have time to say anything or he looked at me like he was gonna kill me yeah i almost got hit by my dad uh my dad's ball the other week we're at bluff creek in Chanhassen and my cart was just a little parked off to the left and he's not too far so I'm like he's like kind of diagonal to me he's going for the green I'm like there's no way he's gonna get close to hitting me he's gonna at least hit it straight or go slice nope belts it almost like belts me in the head and it hits the top of the cart and bounces up and into the woods and I'm like I'm like see but but what but when you have to say that to yourself like there's no way this is gonna hit me you know it's gonna happen you're in a bad spot yeah that, like, that, that's when you tur- that's when you drive directly behind yeah. you. Yeah, some people it- I play golf with where I refuse to be anywhere in front of them. Yeah, I'm like this could go anywhere. Yeah, this could be my last day on earth. You never know. Golf is a dangerous game. Yeah, it can be very dangerous. We when we were in Vegas actually uh, back in March, we played at Vegas National. Yeah, Las Vegas National. You ever play there? Yeah, I think it's just I feel like I have just yeah. off the yeah. strip. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think- that's where um 
Elvis used to live there. Yeah, on that course. And yeah, allegedly Tiger has played that played that course right in like yeah, a junior believe, tournament or something. I bet he has. There yeah. was like a plaque on like hole eight that Tiger Woods hold had a hole in one here in like 1995 or something like that. I some it. amateur championship, but yeah, I believe that. And then that's where the movie. Um, Casino was filmed with the airplane scene where they crashed the oh, airplane. Yeah. That okay. Was that, yeah. that was the course. Okay. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Although I do got to say they have those houses just off the left on a few of those holes. I'm pretty sure Jake and I hit the same house mm-hmm. on a tee shot. Yeah. There was right. one one of the holes they were like butted up on the Literally left side. Literally like terrifying. 10 yards off the fairway. It's like if you relatively pull this ball at all and you're 10 feet over the fence, like you're going to hit a house. Yeah. I think it hit like the roof or something. You know, those houses are built like tanks if they're on golf courses. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those actually have, uh, like, the garage doors over the windows. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. That's smart. Just to make sure. That's smart. Yeah. Like, it's a bunker almost. Like, I activated. You a doomsday prepper? No, I live on a golf course. (laughs) Like, you got to wait for balls coming in. 100%. I mean, I would never want to live on a golf course for that reason. Like, if you're you're at a tee box or something, like, cool, that's fine. But I've also always had this, like, mindset of, like, if you live on a golf course and your backyard is there, like... You're not even allowed to be on your in your backyard. No, you're just, you're just you living in, quiet the whole you're time. You're living in fear, right? <laughs> like you can't even be out there talking. No, well, if you have a pool, you can't be in the pool like no. splashing. Right, because someone, someone's going to get mad eventually. Yeah. What like, I felt. Well, there was a really strange incident. There was that one guy just walking his dog on the middle of the fairway. Oh yeah, and he was just being really slow about it. And we're sitting there waiting waiting for him and then he went around this corner We're like okay he must have went back into his yard turns out we both hit balls over in that direction he was just right over the hill still walking his dog on the golf course it was really in bizarre mm-hmm. in vegas it's really bizarre well there's not a whole lot of grass in vegas so i yeah. wonder if that's why that's yeah probably it probably explains it yeah because yeah. yeah. you can't have grass at your house in vegas unless you had it like 30 years ago right exactly really? yeah. Oh, okay yeah because it's all rock it's all rock landscape yeah. right? right they're in a drought so a lot of people yeah. now have fake grass but then uh, I think you're allowed to have like, if your yard was as big as yours is at this house, it's like you could have this much grass, this table. Really? That's it? It's based on like square footage of Jeez. your lot, you know? You have just enough for a putting small. green. Yeah. It's very, very <laughs> so small. You might as well make a putting There's green. like laws yeah. behind that? Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. You can't That's just nuts. Like the house that Carly and I had in Vegas, we had, it was like a 12 by, I don't know. No, like 10 by 15 patch of artificial turf in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't very big. Our, mm-hmm. our yard wasn't very big. But yeah, like we thought about putting grass in, but we couldn't with that size. So we did artificial turf instead. Yeah. That was too much space. That's ins- that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I, I know you said Vegas isn't a drought, but did you see the rain they had the other day? Was that like Thursday or Wednesday? Yeah, that – so it – it they have monsoon season every mm-hmm. like end of July early August okay and it rains and there's massive flooding there every single time like you, driving down the streets two three feet of water in certain areas like it yeah. it happens a ton every year it happens um but uh, that's because they they don't get it that much rain so when it they didn't design everything to drain properly right because mm-hmm. it's if you're not yeah. if you're never gonna get it like it's not worth it exactly. So they didn't design all that stuff to drain properly. So mm-hmm. it just ends up in the middle of the streets. <laughs> like I've watched cars get taken by floods yeah. just down the street. Right. Yeah. Toyota Camrys, like <laughs> just picked up by the water. See ya. Just, yeah. Just gone. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense though. Cause I remember we were out, we were out in Vegas with you guys for the power trip like a year ago oh, from yeah. now. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it rained like two of the days and I was, I was like, 
it didn't rain hard, but it like, was I believe like sprinkling. It. And I was like, this is weird. I've I'm, never seen this in Vegas yeah, before. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. That was the end of July. You're right. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so, yeah, it, it, it's monsoon season. But last year was the lightest monsoon season they've ever had. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. The least amount of rain they've ever had. In, well, not ever, but right. in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it, has it ever rain or has it ever snowed in Vegas? Yeah. It, it does every once in a oh. while, every few years. Mm-hmm. I think last year they got like a half inch. Okay. But, Damn. It, but they can't even plow the roads there because they have reflectors on the street that are, you know, the half inch to an inch off the ground. Mm-hmm. To separate the lanes, you know, yeah. that's what yeah. was instead of yep. just paint. Yep. So you wouldn't even be able to plow the road. They don't even have plows. They right. have them at the airport. Yeah. They have a couple. But so is it like Washington, D.C., where if it snows at all, they just shut down everything? Or Texas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. 100%. I can't even imagine. Just well, and everyone has rear-wheel drive cars. Right? right. They're a little bit cheaper than all-wheel drive or, you yeah, know, you, four-wheel. There's no reason to have exactly. unless you're going, like, right. in the mountains or even something. Even if it rains in Vegas, though, people, like, the amount of accidents goes up by, you know, thousand percent. Yeah. Because people have no idea. They're like, what is this? Yeah. How am I lost. supposed to drive in this? Like the Vegas plane. Yeah. Or... And Vegas drivers are insane as it is, but yeah. then nobody learns how to drive in that. It's yeah. always dry there. Right. right. So, and it's always decently warm. You know, even in the winter, it's 50 during the day. Right. So you don't have a lot that is going to deter you from driving like you're a NASCAR racer. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're... And, you know, it, it's just another world driving out there. Well, I went down to uh, this uh, when I've been out to San Diego. That's our other roommate, Donnie. That's houseboy Donnie <laughs> getting back from work. Uh, but uh, when we were uh, when we were out in uh, when I've been out to San Diego a few times, I've been out there. The people are maniacs. Like, I think it's probably the same kind of atmosphere. Like they're they're going if you're going under the speed limit or if you're going the speed limit, you can le- legitimately get pulled over for like slowing traffic or something like that because everybody's going 90 or almost 100 cali's another level too yeah. like yeah. Th- with just that traffic there is yeah. insane and people <sighs> are on another level whereas vegas doesn't have that kind of traffic mm-hmm. um they're starting to get there though because yeah. they've had so many people move there mm-hmm. but at least they were able to design the the highway systems a little bit better um just because they had to you know they're still finishing some of them like that's how new it is out yeah. there yeah um but uh yeah vegas people drive fast i mean I was taught when I was learning to drive in Vegas to count to five when the light turns green because someone's still coming every time. <laughs> like, light turns green, one. <laughs> That's scary. Two. Okay, I can go up by three. Yeah. Do you, so Vegas drivers are significantly worse than Minnesota drivers? Worse is a different... Uh, I don't know. I don't know Pretty how close. to put it. Mm. They're reckless in Vegas. Here, they're... Border, Stupid, borderline idiotic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna say, if someone thinks uh, if they don't have an opinion on Minnesota drivers, just try to go uh, merge into traffic uh, during rush hour. Yeah, it's an absolute shit show, especially on a zipper merge. Oh god, there's no such thing here. No, it's just line up yeah. as yep. far as you can possibly line up. Yep, and then try to make sure nobody can get in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just make it make it worse for everybody. It's every man or woman for themselves. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota it's, it's real bad. Yeah. I've never seen the lines ever. Now I'll say that they tried to design that whole like loop system, the roundabout. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. as like a positive. That makes everything way worse, right? Because no one knows how to use them. Like the 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 education behind how the roundabout works. Clearly, some people didn't learn it. Well, the other. Well, no, I'm talking about the high, like on ramps and off ramps of highways. Oh, yeah. okay, you're talking yep. freeway loops. Yeah, yes. the whole four. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The problem is, is that you have about the size of this table to actually get on the freeway or off. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then everybody stops, mm-hmm. and then it's literally a slow motion, like, okay, we're going to cross here. Yep. 
whoever thought that two cars need to cross to go yep was yeah, a that's, good idea that, that's the zipper merge yeah the zipper merge concept someone goes out while someone else goes in every time i enter one i'm terrified they overestimated I'm humanity like, someone someone's gonna happen. someone's gonna screw this up and you have to just like yeah you need like chemistry with the other drivers to like know right to, to time it out yeah i started for a little while when i first got here like just driving down the side of the road because somebody's going to get over eventually. I don't know if they're going to try to speed in front of me mm-hmm. or get behind me, but I just go straight in like what's not a lane because mm-hmm. every one of them has it. Right. And then I'll get over some point. Yeah. I've changed that now that I've been here long enough, but like when I first got here, that's what I would do because yeah. people were absolute maniacs. Yeah. yeah. They're they're insane. But really quick, going back to Vegas, what do you think of the F1 uh, having a race there next that year. That circuit's going to be sweet. Yeah. Um, I got into F1 last year. Our team did like a pool. Yeah. And it was it was really fun, like getting into it. So I've started following it a lot more. That circuit's going to be really interesting because the strip is only, I mean, three lanes, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there's a median. So then the one side is going to be the stands, yep. mm-hmm. you know, which would be like the Paris side. Yeah. And then call it like the Bellagio side is going to be the actual track. Like, I think that goes to show how narrow those tracks are in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like two cars next to each other is going to be there's, almost wheel. Yeah, there's going to be a wreck probably. Yeah. Just, oh, for just sure based on is. how yeah. tight it is compared to, yeah. I mean, like at least like some of these other Grand Prix, they have, you know, like the Hungarian one, for example, this weekend, there's super wide shoulders where yeah. you can, you know, if you screw up, you can come back in. But for sure. Vegas, you're just hitting the wall. Yeah. Could yeah. Be like Monaco 2.0. That's exactly what it's going to be. It's, yeah. it's a it's a street circuit. It's going to be it's going to be really cool though. I mean, looking at the way it was drawn up, I I can't remember exactly, but it cuts down like Tropicana and then back. You know, it, it's it's going to be a cool setup. That's crazy though. When I'm like looking, been looking into it, how they're going to like the logistics of it. They're just they're going to shut down the strip. Like very, I feel like very busy areas to do it. But I mean, I've seen the strip shut down one time my entire life. And that was when uh, when uh, Tarkanian, the basketball coach there, passed away. They shut down mm-hmm. the strip. Oh, wow. and they did like a uh, um, not a memorial, but like uh, they honored him. Procession kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, and they had a few cars drive down, but it was completely shut off. That's the only time I've ever seen it shut down. That's crazy. So it's gonna be. I mean, I'll say this: the casinos, they're happy because there's gonna be that many people there. Mm-hmm. But they're pissed because it's going to be much harder. Like you can't – anybody that's been to Vegas, you can't just walk casino to casino. It's right. not no. that easy. Right? No. It seems like, oh, there's Bellagio, but that's like – It's always further away than it looks. You see the top of the building. You're like, let's walk there. Now I'm dead by 20 the time you get later, there. You're yeah. just like halfway yeah. there. Exactly. Like they're saying that they're going to finish that light rail to where it's basically going to go from the mall all the way through to – the Luxor. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Or Mandalay Bay. Actually, it, mm-hmm. it ends at Mandalay Bay now. But it, right now, it doesn't even... It it does make it a city center in Bellagio. That's where it ends is Bellagio. It's like, they've got a long way to go from next year. So there's no way it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be the only way to get through. And then <laughs> if you're on the other side of the strip, you've got no chance. Nope. You have to, you know, you have to walk on the other side. Oh, Just because right. there's no light rail over there. Yeah. So it'll be a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Now, the casino is going to love it because it's thousands of hundreds of thousands yeah. of people that come in for that. Right. But at the same time, 
not like the taxi companies are going to be losing their minds. It's yeah. also going to be like, I feel like the most touristy tourists that they've ever seen. Cause you're probably going to get people from Europe who are going to fly in for that. Mm -hmm. Like some of the more hardcore yeah. fans. Yeah. But that's pretty normal for Vegas. I suppose, yeah. I suppose they don't really have a cap on. Um, yeah. Like they consider crazy. No. Like yeah. That. Cause I mean the amount of, you got to think like formula one aside, the amount of UFC fights, boxing, mm -hmm. You that's know, true. Concerts. They always have something going on. It's, I mean, it's a the fight capital of the world, but it's, I mean, it's one of the entertainment capitals of the world. Yeah. I mean, with New York and London and some of the other big cities, like if you have entertainment, Vegas has it every right. time, no matter what it is. That's why it was only a matter of time till hockey, the NFL, yep. basketball is going to be there, yep. MLB is going to mm -hmm. be there. Yep. They're all going to be there at some point, right? Especially now that hockey did it. But then when you look at Formula One, you look at, you know, every major event that they have in the world vegas is hosted at some point or will mm. host it at some point yeah right so you're an f1 guy do you have a favorite team or driver i'm a lewis hamilton guy okay yeah yeah, so you're yeah mercedes, mercedes. I, I love it i think he's uh he's phenomenal i mean he's one of those guys that's just um generational talent right yep. like i'm kind of a, a sucker for that like tiger Woods, like any of those type guys like i'm a lebron fan um you know i'm i was a huge kobe fan um you know just because for me, like being in the sport, you know, like I was always a big Crosby fan before, mm -hmm. like just because that talent comes around so few, like mm -hmm. so, yeah. like so little, right? It's just, it's crazy to, to be able to witness it in our lifetime. So for me, Lewis Hampton's that guy. Yeah. So when I got into it, um, I don't know why I've never liked Verstappen. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what it is he's about him. He's kind of a I villain. Just, yeah. I don't like kinda him. looks like a villain. He's always winning. I feel like he's like yeah. always in the top podium or. Yeah, him and Lewis essentially yeah. switched places mm. kind of over the – I mean, not last year. I guess last year yeah. they were battling for it right till the end, but this year it yeah, seems I mean, like Verstappen's – And the way that, that Verstappen won that last year I think was a complete scam. Like, yeah, that was nuts. That was the worst ending to a race I've ever yeah. seen. Um, when Lewis you know, led for the last 55 laps and then all of a sudden somebody crashes and with one lap to go, mm -hmm. you're going to make a rule that has never once happened in the history of Formula 1 and just yeah. – you know, basically hand for sapping the title. Yeah. Like it was completely insane. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. That's never once happened in the history of Formula One. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to do this just because it's TV ratings. And one, one, one of the yeah. biggest races of all time. Right. And There's never been a race like that in right. the history of Formula One. Yeah. And they decided to do that. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, those are the, those are the situations and those decisions and in, in the moment mm -hmm. are impossible to get right. Right. You I know, mean, people would have been it, mad on both sides. Right, because mm -hmm. if you did it the other way and you let the safety car go through the end of that race, people are going to say, well, that was the most boring finish to a race of all time. Yeah. You just handed Lewis Hamilton the title. When realistically, that's the way it should have gone. But that's why they were trying to get rid of. They yeah. wanted the, you know, the other. And it worked out good for the, you know, well for the sport. Right. But they almost lost Hamilton to it, right? He almost retired. I wouldn't well. doubt it. Yeah. Right? How do you come back from that? Yeah. Like, that would have been his eighth title to make him the winningest driver of all time passing Schumacher. I mean, that's pretty big time, yeah. you know, deal. And so he seems to, uh, you know, be racing better as of late, but the start say, Mercedes yeah. struggled for He's sure. getting there. Yeah. 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 Sh shifting gears back to hockey. Um, cause you're, you're a hockey guy. Uh, but, uh, every once in a while, yeah, every once yeah, in a while, sometimes when he chooses. Uh, but, uh, you, you said you, you sustained a groin injury. Um, when you sustained that, did the NHL label that lower body injury? Oh yeah, always. Yeah. Why, why do they do that? Do you know why they do that? They um, just do upper and lower body, and they don't disclose. Really in hockey, anything. they worry about targeting injuries. Okay. Okay. Um, more so than any other sport. I mean, it's 
it's one of those things where you could get away with it a lot easier in hockey mm-hmm. than you can in a lot of other sports because it's so fast. Mm-hmm. So the NFL, you know, you can tell if someone's targeting a knee, you know, right. or targeting something. Um, plus in the NFL, like if someone breaks a hand, like you put a club on their hand and they're okay, right? Like, yeah. We've all seen that. Yeah. And they just it's go around hitting, hitting people with it. <laughs> oh, geez. It's a cat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. hockey, you can't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I remember years back playing for the Wild, I broke my thumb in the playoffs against St. Louis the year that we beat them in five. I broke my thumb game one and they knew it because it oh. cut, it cut my thumb. So I remember I got back to the bench. I was holding my hand over the boards like this. Didn't even realize it, but the glass was right here in between the benches. Oh. So like the guys saw my thumb and then it was like, it was pretty easy to tell. Like my thumb was mangled. It right. was literally turned this way oh my God. and bleeding. Like it was nuts. Oh. Yeah. So every single face off the rest of that series, 100% of them, I got slashed in the thumb. Oh Ooh. my God. Like it was, it was a guarantee, but you're, what are you going to do as the league? Right. Yeah. Right. So it was an, it, you know, I didn't even have a disclosed injury at all. But they just saw it. They knew. Right. And, you know, I talked to, I remember when Chris Porter signed like the next year here, he was on the team that year. He's like, oh, no, we had no idea. I'm like, that I've <laughs> never on. once been slashed like that on a face off in my career. Yet every single face off, I got mm. hit in the thumb. The same exact spot. Percent. It was my bottom hand. Yeah. Right. Like, how yeah. easy is that for a righty, right winger to yeah. just go like this every right. single time? Easy. Every time. So for hockey, it's a lot easier to do that. And, you know, with the amount of, the amount of hits that we take, the, the, the amount of speed in the game, it's impossible for a ref to stop it. It's impossible Mm -hmm. for the league to stop it. You, you know, if somebody has a hurt shoulder and you Mm -hmm. know it's a shoulder, I'm going to finish a check on you every single time. Right. That shoulder is going to give out at some point. I'm just checking you, bro. It's legal. It's just strategy. Like we, you know, when we played the Rangers this year, we knew that Charlie Lindgren, he was either, we don't know exactly what it was, but either, um, like it was either an ankle or a foot that he hurt in game one. We knew it. He tried to come back. It was the double overtime game. Like it was all speculation, but we were a hundred percent sure it was his left foot, left ankle, something of that sort. And so our thing was like, if you're against him, you have to cut back every single time. Right. Because he can't move. He can't catch up to you. Right. And it's not, there's nothing he can do about it. So every single time, if you watched in double overtime or, you know, single overtime in that game, and then the rest of that series, every time we played against Trey Lindgren, somebody cut back. Yeah. And he was so slow to get up there, but he did. He had, there's nothing he could do. Yeah, you know, like when you're injured, it's so hard. So it's easy to target that stuff when you're playing, especially in a playoff series. I think right. it's funny, people. You know, they talk about how upset they were as Vikings fans that the Saints were going after and uh, after Brett Favre that game, and like, oh, it's such a shame. I'm like, you're sitting here, like, oh, it happens every game in the NHL. Yeah. It's just, and it I mean, it's part of the game, NFL. though. You know, I mean, yeah, it and it probably happens more often in the NFL too. For sure, obviously, hundred percent, it yeah. does. Like. That's the problem with the NFL. Like if, if someone has broken ribs, if, if you know a quarterback has broken ribs, yeah. mm-hmm. are you going to let up on a hit ever? No, no. Are you going to, mm-hmm. are you going to take a 15 yard penalty for landing on the quarterback one time in the first quarter? Absolutely. Right. You are. It's just yeah. strategy. Why wouldn't you? You have 16, 17 games now, but like if that, if that quarterback, if cousins hurts his ribs and he gets landed on by, uh, I don't know. Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah. Right. He's not going to be the same for the rest of that game. I don't care what you shot him up with. I don't care what medicine he has in his body. Yeah. It's not going to help. No. There's no chance. 
So that so that's the reasoning behind like undisclosed injury. Yeah. So that other teams can't target. It's for player safety, player essentially. Safety. Yeah, yeah, that makes total so, sense. Yeah. So yeah. the players love it, right? Mm-hmm. right? Because then it's like it's upper body, lower body. Now there's times that like when I had my surgery on my groin, they said that I had you know successful surgery to you know fix a groin injury, right? Mm-hmm. So they stated it then. Mm-hmm. Surgery, the teams have a choice whether they say it or not. Ninety nine percent of the time they do. But at that point, like, no one's going to target you at that point to where it's like, okay, like, now you're just being a dick. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a low blow after right. you've gone through the, exactly. the time and the energy so, to have surgery. So th- there's a respect level, too, sure. right? Yeah. So there's there's a different respect level with, like, an injury that you know someone's just hurt with that you can exploit to help you win a game versus, like, trying to re-hurt somebody, right? Mm-hmm. you know? Like, you're not trying to injure anybody. But if it's going to make them uncomfortable to where they're going to turn over the puck and you get you score a goal and win a game, of course you're going to do it. Right. But to a level that is respectful of the game and like you know right. respectful of the players too. Mm-hmm. So there is a certain aspect of that with like the player side. It's almost like the code, right? Right. You know, yeah. Exactly. You're not going to go too far. The bro code. Yeah. Like you're not going to go over the line. Yeah. But if it's going to help you win a playoff game, of course you're going to do it. Right. I think it's fu- I think this concept is funny as if guys try to do it off the ice. You know they they obviously come out and disclose the injuries uh you know after the season after the playoffs are done i it would be funny if a certain player like say yourself had a shoulder injury but you obviously you know kept it secret during the playoffs but then they're like oh yeah he was uh dealing with a, a left shoulder injury and one of the players uh it would be funny if like another player you're playing in the playoffs is like hey let's go out for a beer sometime and he and he shows up hey buddy <laughs> gives you a hug gives you a, a really hard hug off the oh, ice yeah we're hour. starting to do this off the ice now bro <laughs> Yeah, I mean, typically off ice, like hockey wise, I don't know how it is with football, but mm-hmm. I've never had any issues with any player off yeah. the ice. Never yeah. once. Yeah. Like even somebody that I've fought in the league, like never <laughs> once. Yeah. It's always been been respectful. That's that's something about hockey that you know. Obviously, I'm biased, but it is so special about our game. Like I don't know if I've ever seen like the old Twitter beef with like basketball players, like the John mm-hmm. Morant thing this 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 right. year, right? Like things like that. I've never once seen that in hockey. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I've seen videos of guys in hockey where, like, they just get done fighting each other, and one of them's mic'd up, and they both skate to the penalty box. He's like, he's like, hey, we're still doing workouts this summer, right? Yeah. How, yeah. The, how the kids doing? They're good. Going into second grade now. Oh, it's great to hear, man. After they just beat the shit out of <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah. I mean, well, I perfect mean, example. Like this year, I fought Trevor Van Riemsdyk when we were playing Washington, and he hurt his hand in the fight. He left um, the penalty box, went and got, you know, did something, came back. And like, I was asking him how his hand was in the box. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, how's your hand buddy, right. especially in the regular season. Like you don't want anybody to be hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey man, I hope the grind's doing well. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things like in hockey, it's just the way it goes. That's just yeah. normal for us. And you know, obviously I'm far from a fighter, right? But, you know, the guys <laughs> that do are typically yeah. like the nicest guys out there. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. You know, like Ryan Reeves is a guy that if he's barreling down on a defenseman, he knows, or somebody like he rented my house. And I remember we played him in Vegas that year that he was renting our house. And like, he was coming to hit me and he's like, Zucks, I'm coming. I'm coming. You know, so like, I knew like, you know, there's kind of things like that, that happen that are, you know, kind of just part of the game. Yeah. Well, is a Vander Kane as big of an ass as the, as everybody makes him out to be? I don't know Evander Kane at all. Okay. Yeah. I don't know him. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I dislike about mm-hmm. the situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about him individually because I've never met him. Right. I've never even right. met him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard a lot. I mean, everyone's heard the stories of Evander Kane. Yeah. I've heard some that are, you know, very over the line. Um, you know, I think there's stuff that's absolutely more blown up. 
about exactly. it. But a lot of it, like the the one reason why I kind of always had like a weird thought of him. Did you ever see that picture of him with the money on his back? Yeah, like, he's, mm-hmm. he's like in Vegas or something, and he's. It like, was it was, well, so yeah, right? so that that was actually at his penthouse in Vancouver. Oh, so when, when he was playing there. Oh wow! Or no, he wasn't. When he he he's from Vancouver. Okay. So he had like this crazy penthouse there, and there was a picture of him doing push-ups out the window, and you can see like downtown Vancouver, and there's like a hundred thousand dollars cash on his back. <laughs> and like ever since I've seen that picture, I was like, I don't like this guy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but like I, but again, but, I I can't really say that because I've never met him. Right. Like, he might be a really good dude. I have no idea. Edmonton had no problem resigning him. I was gonna say right? yeah. he's had some issues, but. You know, the San Jose stuff, I don't know if, you know, obviously the relationship issues go both ways, right? Yeah. There's two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's definitely, you know, there was the gambling stuff. There was the domestic violence stuff. Like there's so many different areas of that that were so wrong. Um, so I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm siding with his girlfriend at the time, like because of his past, right? You have to do it that way. Um, but at the same time, like I, again, I've never met him, so I can't necessarily say too much, you know, negative about him. Cause again, he might be, might be a great guy. Like I've heard that about Steve Ott, mm-hmm. like Steve, I hate Steve Ott. <laughs> yeah. Him and I have every single yeah. time I've ever played against him, him and I have gotten into some absolute battles. Yeah. yeah. Like we played St. Louis that year. That was the year that I broke my thumb. Mm-hmm. Like the things that he said to me were so ruthless that I will not repeat to anybody. No. Yeah. And it was like I remember, like I would, I would murder this guy yeah, and right. probably not feel bad about <laughs> yeah, it. Right. right. But then I talk to people, they're like, "Oh, the Otter's the best. Yeah. You yeah. know, great assistant coach now. Like people love him. Right. But you know, him and I just had this, had it out for each other. And I bet you, if I met him, he'd be a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Just one of those you know? guys, though. Well, like Gage yeah. and Trevor, who do our UND hockey podcast, the Hasbens, they they talk about guys like that. They're like. The, the goons who fight everyone, they're criminals on the ice, but they're good civilians. Like, they're good people off yeah, the ice, yeah. but they're just absolute psychos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, there are certain people that are just, you know, again, Reeves is the per- – Derek Anglin is one of the best examples I have. Like, that guy absolutely murders people on the ice. Mm-hmm. And him and I – and, uh, you know, his wife, Melissa, and Carly became really good friends in Vegas. And they're unbelievable people. He's the nicest mm-hmm. guy you'll ever meet. And he will literally break your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then after he'll say, Hey, can I like help you fix it? You know? <laughs> like he's one of those guys. I'll pay for it. Come yeah. On. Yeah. But then there's people that are like, you know, that are assholes in a completely different way that has nothing to do with the game of hockey. And those are the ones that you typically have worse time with. You know? Right. Right. I, I'd imagine there's, there's a probably a pretty good mix of both. You get a lot of both. Yeah. You know it- what? I've had a lot more of like the Anglin type in my career. Like the mm-hmm. 99% of them are that way, but there is the 1% that's the opposite. Right. You know, there's guys, and, and I don't really want to go into it, but there's guys I've played with and I'm like, you're just a complete asshole. I yeah. hate you. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like you. Yeah. But that's every job, every profession. Yeah. Right. Every sport. Doesn't matter what you do, there's going to be that. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Is there a guy currently, or was there a player that even maybe formerly played that? Like you were scared, almost scared shitless to play against, or was it kind of you just went out there just with the mindset of I don't I don't care if someone gets in my face, but um, man, I mean that's tough. I remember Matt Green in L.A. was an absolute giant. Like mm-hmm. he was a guy if he got a hold of you, like and those cross checks were cross checks were very acceptable then, especially for a guy like that. Like when he would, I got crossed in the arm one time. I couldn't feel my arm for like three weeks. Like jeez, guys like that were just mutants to play against. But I also, I came into the league in the new era, right? Where Mm -hmm. it favored my game, like the speed and that. 
Um, now it's transitioned even more, like to mm-hmm. a whole nother level. Um, but I remember, you know, guys like Zen and Kanopka when I came here, like we had a pretty yeah. old team my first year, you know, with Kanopka, Stoner, Koivu, um, you know, was Bugard on the team? No, no, I think he was Bugard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Matt Cullen though. Yep. Uh, Pierre Mark Bouchard. Uh, was Matt Backstrom, Cook? Cook. Cook. Yep. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Like yeah. we had Heatley, Setaguchi. <laughs> like that was my rookie year. Yeah. yeah. So like we had a really old team. And so I feel like I got a pretty good aspect and idea of like what the old school mm-hmm. locker room was. Yeah. It is a complete flip 180 now. Like yeah. it's completely changed and I'm for it. Like I think it's better yeah. now than it was. But, you know, I was scared to be in the locker room when I first got there. Yeah. You know, like I was scared to talk, yeah. you know, and I still probably talk too much, yeah. you know, like at right. the time, like it was just, but you just don't know. Like that's the stuff that nobody can ever teach you before you get there. You just got to learn. Well, I remember you told us the the heater stories about just the, the team dinners. And if you're a rookie, how you had to go. You didn't have a choice. Yeah. Just once, a, once a month. Bottle of tequila and he'd be the first guy on the ice the next day. This guy. And it was game day every time. So it had to be the night before a game. And that was his way of like, like christening us like into the God. league. Like you have to, you know, you have to go and get drunk at my house Yeah, and you're going to show up and you're going to learn how to play. And those, I remember I had, you know, for the, whatever, eight months, those eight games were the worst eight games yeah. of my season every single time. I can't do it. Yeah. There are certain guys I know I can picture a few, like that are some of the best hungover players I've ever that's, seen. There was a guy that I played bizarre. with the wild. There was a guy I played with on the wild one of our best players, and I, I won't say his name, but is one of the best hungover players I've ever seen. He it's you you know, we call it playing guilty, right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of it is like you you don't do it and hide it. That's the point. So like if you're going through a slump, there's guys that do it. I I'm there's guys I play with now that do it. Yeah. If you're going through a slump, you can't figure it out, that's what you do. You go out, you get absolutely shit faced. <laughs> And you come to the rink the next day, you make sure that everybody knows you have to have some good stories with it, whatever yep. it is. And the stories don't have to be, you know, about girls. It's just, hey, I was out till 5 a.m. Getting right? plastered. Right. Yeah. Like I sat at a speakeasy and sat by myself, didn't talk to a single person till 5 a.m. Like that's still a pretty funny story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knowing that you're playing like Colorado yeah. Avalanche the next night or whatever it is. So there was a guy here I played with that he would do it once a month if he wasn't playing well. You know, if he had like two or three bad games in a row, it's like I'm going out every it, single time. I'm, you should almost just say like instead of going out, I'm hitting the reset switch, reset yeah. button. Yeah, exactly. It did but something to reset. There's there's other coaches though. Like there's coaches in the league that firmly believe in it. Tortorella is one of them. Like he talks about it every single year, and the media jumps all over him. Oh, you're telling your guys to get drunk? No, I'm telling the guys to play guilty. Is all he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole point of it is like if the team knows that you just did that and you show up and you don't play well. They're going to be pissed. So you mm-hmm. got you got to kick it into a new gear. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Yeah. So and especially if you do it to yourself, right? Yeah. For us with heater, it was like it was a well known thing. Yeah. Like this is just what what it is. Yeah. And at least there was like ten of us that year, right? Like our rookies that year were like Niederreiter, Granlund, Kemper, Coyle, me, Brodine, Dumba, um, Johan Larson. Like at any given time, all these guys were up. You know, mm-hmm. right. Matt Hackett. Um, you know, we had a lot of young guys that at any point in time could be up, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Scandella, you know, yep. I think Spurgeon would go with us every once in a while, Dumba every once in a while. Like, so that's just, we had like at any given time, five to 10 rookies. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just didn't have a choice. No. And so you knew at least you had a group with you, Holla, yeah. right? Yeah. Eric Holla, yeah. mm-hmm. I like 
it's it's so funny how some guys can handle it and some guys can't. I can't. Like I do not do well with it. Yeah, I would one hundred percent not be able to do that at all. Yeah, I've I, and this isn't anywhere near close to the NHL, just a you know a level below it. But I I still play beer league and I actually played Sunday hungover, and I, I play goalie, so I don't know if that's different. But it's it's brutal. I don't know if I can it's do terrible. it. I was yeah. hungover, and it's I'm like I don't. When you say NHL guys who are playing at the highest level of hockey in the world playing hungover it just baffles me and some guys are just good at it yeah and it doesn't it doesn't happen often right Right, like this is like no yeah you know for those guys like it's like it's a couple times a year max Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and you're doing it like typically by design you know Mm -hmm. like there are certain times that sometimes it can get away with you you know get Mm -hmm. away from you you exactly you don't realize it and all of a sudden like it happens that i've never had that happen to me personally but i know some guys that it happens to more often than not um, you know, you end up in LA and some guys are like, Oh, let's just go out for a drink quick. And then yeah. not in LA. Turns into yeah. Right. Bar like, close. <laughs> there was a guy on our team last year. He, it was the first time playing back in the city. He had just gotten traded from and he met a friend and then, you know, another friend ended up seeing him at the bar and said, Oh, let's, you know, go to this place and have another one, meet my friend. And, you know, and then it was like four 30 in the morning. One oh. of our healthy scratches saw him out <laughs> at like four 30 in the morning. And so he came and like told the story. You know, because if you're, if you know you're a healthy scratch, like you're one of the extras, like those guys go out more often than, than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Like, right. you know, you're not playing. Enjoy the cities. You're a young guy. You don't have a girlfriend. You're single. Like, enjoy those times and yeah. enjoy the cities. And, and why, why wouldn't you? Nobody's going to hold that against you. Um, but he ended up seeing that guy out at like 4 30. <laughs> yeah. And yes. he, he played the worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. He played the worst hockey game, I think, in the history of the league. But this- that that happens sometimes. This might explain why three Florida Panthers players were out seen out the night before the elimination game. I don't I don't believe that story. You don't think you that don't, was true? No. Tabloid? No. Yeah, I don't believe mm-hmm. that. I think mm-hmm. like here's the thing. Guys, this is one thing that I will say. Like, there's no chance those guys were out the night before an elimination game when say, they were the num- basically the number one seed. Like President's, President's Cup, Cup like, winners. winners. Yeah. Like they were so good, there's no chance. There's no way. Now, the other side I'll say to this is like, it's very normal to go out and grab a bottle of wine at dinner. Right. Not for yourself, yeah. but like guys do it all the time, right. right? Like every dinner we go to as a team, guys have beers or grab a bottle of wine. You're adults. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. That's not going to affect your game. Like when we have a team meal, the team buys us beer and wine for those dinners. Like that's just a normal thing. And then you're as a professional and an adult, you're supposed to monitor how much you have. Yeah. You don't have a full bottle by yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's that simple. So I'm not surprised if if somebody in the tabloid saw them out at dinner and had a bottle of wine yeah. or had some beers or cocktails. Like, you know, I know guys that don't like beer and wine and have a cocktail. Who right. cares? Right. That's fine. But again, to a respectable level. So I, I personally didn't believe that story. Yeah, mm, I know. I no. saw I saw that come out too, and I was like, okay, if you're especially on an elimination game, and you, yeah, you were the number one team going to the playoffs, like that makes no sense. Like you don't, that's not and, a time to throw in the towel, right? And the way that that you know Tampa didn't have Braden Point, they weren't playing that great. Like mm-hmm. they they barely got by Toronto. Then they're going to play these guys who absolutely spanked their first round opponent, mm-hmm. right? I can't remember who they played. But I oh, in the they, second round? No, the first no, round. The first round. Oh, you, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. No, who? Tampa. Tampa beat Toronto in seven. The, but Florida, they beat the Capitals. Oh, they beat the Caps. Yeah. right in five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 
it was not, or maybe it was six actually, but yeah. regardless, like it wasn't that close of a series, even right. though it was, you know, six games, it, it still wasn't that close of a series. Like they could have come back on Tampa because Tampa wasn't playing that well. And as they kept going, they got better, right? Mm-hmm. They, by the third round, they were clicking on all cylinders and they smoked, uh, I don't remember who they played now in the conference final. Uh, uh, the, the Rangers. The yeah. Rangers. Yep. It was it yep. was it was still seven. Yeah. Yep. Right. But like that was kind of a lopsided series. Yeah. You know, like it's a tough series without yeah. Igor. Right. And that exactly. You know, and so that's kind of the way that honestly our series was kind of that way with New York too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we dominated that series. It just you know, it just when it came down to it, we couldn't couldn't close it out. But regardless, you know, going back to the Florida thing, like they felt like they could come back in that series because Tampa wasn't firing on all cylinders at that point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I just, I don't personally believe that story. Well, speaking of having bottle of wine to yourself, if I could put money on a player that potentially did this, uh, you, I think you were on the, one of the teams he was on, or he was only on the team for like half a season. Uh, Ilya Bruskalov. Yeah. You, uh, weren't you on 2014? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed like he'd be the guy to do that. Probably wasn't, but he was a character. I actually, I could be wrong, but I think he's sober. Really? Okay. I think he is. But he was one of the most odd guys to that point, all the way until I got to Pittsburgh, he was the only Russian I ever played with. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which was odd. Yeah. Like Minnesota historically had zero Russians. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. Chuck Fletcher didn't like yeah. him or, or what, but we, we had no Russians ever. Um, and so, yeah, Malkin was the, other than Brzezgalov, Malkin was the first Russian I ever played with. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, and Briz was not the typical Russian, mm-hmm. you know, like Evgeny Malkin is through and through exactly everything you've heard of like a Russian hockey player. That's Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> and stereotypes and fighting yeah. bears and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Like yeah. that's Evgeny Malkin. Like mm-hmm. the craziest skill in the world. He works his bag off when he's on the ice, but when he gets off the ice, it's like, get me out of here. What am I doing? Like I'm here to play hockey Mm -hmm. and I'm here to win championships and, you know, win scoring titles. But if you want anything more from me, leave. Yep. Don't even ask. (laughs) No. Like, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? No. Yeah. No. No explanation. No. (laughs) Hey G, you want to go to dinner? No. Right. Like to play hockey. yeah. Yeah. Like, the only time I've ever gotten Gino to text me back actually was yesterday. It was his birthday. I texted him and he said, thank you. <laughs> so I, I got that back. But then one time, like last year, I, I told him I was going to buy him sushi. And, mm. uh, and so he sent me a sushi order. That was like the only oh, time wow. she's like ever texted me back. <laughs> oh, wow. That's just kind of like a Russian thing. Like, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. It was minimal communication. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and he's not doing it to be rude. Like, yeah. it's just G. Yeah. Just who he is. And then Briz was the exact opposite. Briz was the exact opposite. I just remember during that time, like, they're seeing his interviews. And before he came in with the Wild, I had seen, I kind of knew who he was, but I remember seeing like a compilation on YouTube of his yeah. crazy things he would talk about with the press. He was the universe. He how, was how big it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's so big. Yeah. Um, yeah, like why you have to be mad? It's only game. I think that was his too. Yeah. But like, so that year I missed a lot of that because that was the yeah, year that but, I tore my quad tendon. So mm-hmm. I was out the whole year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had two surgeries and and whatnot. So and that was the year that they we beat Colorado in seven. Yeah, Nino need right Nino's goal. needles yeah. goal. Yep. Um, and then got absolutely smoked by Chicago. Mm-hmm. That was the year they won the cup. But um, regardless, like. I missed a lot of that because I wasn't around the guys as much. But from what I did see of Briz, like he was unbelievable. One of the nicest guys ever. He just wanted to talk. Like you yeah. had to be careful. Like if you had something to do after practice, 
you had to avoid Briz <laughs> just because he was going to talk find to you his way yeah, for it. 45 oh, minutes yeah. about yeah. something. And it could be about your family and kids, yeah. but like he was just going to keep talking. Yeah. And like, yeah. He was a, he was a super good guy. And one of the, one of the best bits I saw from him though, in, in one of the clips when he played with uh Yarmir Yager, I, I forgot where he played with them. Uh, I don't know if it was Edmonton, wherever. And it was like, they were filling him during one of the pregame uh, dinners or pregame lunches. And Yager, I guess he liked to sit by himself. He liked to eat by himself and Briz like, and everybody would say like, don't go sit by him. He's not going to, he's going to move. And Briz just kept going and sitting by him. Yager would move to another table and Briz would follow him and sit right next to him. He's like, what are you doing, man? Like, it was so funny. He kept following him around when Yager would just wanted to eat by himself. It was hilarious. Yeah, there's, there's certain guys like that, that, yeah. uh, are just kind of funny guys and, and just want to be like the prankster. Like every team typically has one. Mm-hmm. Um, a funny story about that, actually going back years, actually, this was my, maybe when I signed out of college, like I came up and I played six games after the year and Nicholas Backstrom is known to be, no, this was, this was actually my rookie year. It was with Mike Rupp. So it was Nick Backstrom was known to be like one of the most superstitious. Like he wouldn't talk on game days. Literally you could go, Nikki, what's up, man? And he'll stare at you. He'll like, he'll like nod his head. Like, yeah. that's it. He wouldn't talk on game days. I don't know what he was like with his wife and kids at home. Yeah. But like at the rink, not a Hopefully word. not like that at home. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then yeah. and then he would go to, at the time, we ate pregame meal at this uh, Italian spot in St. Paul. I can't remember the name. Cassettes? No, no. It was like. Oh, um, it's right down. It's down West 7th, a little further, right? It wasn't on 7th either. It was kind of in the middle of the city. It was really okay. – it's not there anymore. Okay. Uh. Um, I can't remember the name of it though. Regardless, mm-hmm. the guys used to go there every – that's pregame meal. Um, And then it moved up to a place on Grand actually um, or somewhere around there. But regardless. Mm-hmm. um, So one day Mike Rupp goes to Nick Baxter. Hey, can I get a ride to meal? Rupp had just like signed or gotten traded or whatever it was. And he didn't know that Backy was like the way that mm-hmm. he was. So he's like, hey, Backy, like, do you mind if I hop in with you? And he gave him like a nod because he was like, you know, he didn't want to be rude to the new guy. Yep. Yeah. And Rupper mm-hmm. is like the nicest, like he's like the happy-go-lucky talking guy. So he like went, you know, shower, cold tub, hot tub, cold tub, you know, talking to people. And it was like 30 minutes later. And he's like, where's Backy at? Like, where is this guy? So somebody's like, oh, he left a while ago. <laughs> and he's like, shit, okay, whatever. So he like runs out to the garage thinking like he's just going to jump in with somebody else. And Backy's sitting in the car waiting for him. He sat there the entire time. He sat there the entire time wow. in the car. But Backy's schedule was like to the minute. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I'm shocked he waited. But Rupper tells the story about how like then he gets in the car and he's like, ah, oh, so how's St. Paul? And then he had no idea the guy didn't talk on game days. Yeah. So he's sitting there and he's like, he's thinking like, he he tells the story that he gets out of the car and he's like, man, I talk too much. Like he's like, I just need to let him talk sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So he gets in pregame meal and he he starts asking backy questions, and that's when the guys like picked up what was going on, and so they kept telling him like, hey, you should ask him about this story. <laughs> so oh. Rupper, would, Rupper would like ask him about a story, and backy would just stare at him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he must not like that story. He's like, give me another one. <laughs> so the guys were like feeding him all these stories about Nick Backstrom, yeah, and, like trying to see if backy would because backy normal days like funny guy yeah, like would, yeah. would chime in on everything yep. just not game day yep so they're feeding rupper all these stories saying hey you need to have him tell you this one and this one and this one and backy would just stare at him he was sitting <laughs> there eating his meal and i thought it was hilarious that backy would go to pregame meal with the whole team 
and not say a word. Just he knowing just that he wasn't going to say anything. He or... wasn't going to say a word. He would just go. And there was probably 10, 15 guys. Not everyone went. But he would just sit there and eat his food. <laughs> and he'd get up and he'd leave. <laughs> wow. That's the most bizarre thing I, yeah. in the world. Did you have any, yeah. did you, or do you still have any superstitions on game days? Um, I Mine has turned a lot more. I used to be really bad. Like I used to have a ton. It was like to the minute I was kind of one of those guys. Yeah. Um, But I've really, really turned around. Like when I first met Carly, like she used to get so mad about it but like i used to tell her like hey like this is just you know this has been my life right like i never you know focused on women or kids or any of that but then i realized quickly like with carly and sophia it was like i had to focus on them too like that was a huge aspect of it and that was honestly what made my game become so much better like that was a huge transition for me to make me a lot better of a hockey player because mm-hmm. it made me go home and like i'd play with sophia i'd hang out with carly and like not think about hockey 24 7 365 like i had a life outside of it because of them and i think that made my game so much better so to the like now i still have my routine but you know when i was playing here like i would uh you know i would go play with the kids outside i would um you know i think there were times that i would drop hendrix off or sophia off at a friend's house on my way to a game like i would do that stuff and it wasn't as much of an issue as it was my first few years where i would never even would have considered it yeah, so I, that's helped a lot. I feel like that's probably the best way is to distract yourself. Like I, I know, probably totally different as a player, but even as a fan, like the day of a playoff game, I just, yeah. I just want to puke the entire day. I'm like so nervous for. What it's I'm, worse mm. as fans. Like yeah. I'll say, the first two games of the playoffs this year, I wasn't playing. I was way more nervous when I was playing. Yeah. yeah, it's way worse when you're a fan. You have no control. Right. Right. When you're playing, you're like, hey, I can, I can actually positively or negatively affect this game. So I need to be locked in and dialed in. But it like it's a different mentality than being completely helpless just well, watching especially if you have to like work all day in an office and that's just all that's yeah. on your mind and mm-hmm. like you're trying to like work but you just can't focus because you're like i have no idea what's going to happen tonight yeah it's going to dictate my happiness yeah. probably for the entire summer <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like yeah. it's 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 another level for yeah. sure yeah absolutely well we only have a few more questions um yeah. but uh one of them i guess we, we we were talking before the show about jerseys, but uh, are you excited that the reverse retros are coming back? What is what does Pittsburgh's look like? Um, I was a fan. I well, so the reverse retros were we had the white with the like the Pittsburgh sideways, yeah, and those were sweet. Like last year, we did the black ones, which yep. is like the actual retro. Um, so I mean, I think they're awesome. It's it's good to the league to do that. It's good for our revenue, but it's also good for the fans to kind of get some new jerseys. It can be boring to have the same ones year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I think it's – I'm not a huge fan of, like, teams changing up, like, their logos and stuff like that personally. But if you're going to do the re- reverse retro side of it, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a great way to do it. Um, we love wearing them personally. I think it's it's a great touch for sure. Yeah. What about a, what about a hockey color rush? Would we ever see that? No chance. <laughs> we, we've got a long time. Like, I saw somebody said that the NBA was bringing back, like, the nickname jerseys this year. Yeah. You remember those ones where, like, I think guys got to pick their nicknames – you know, it would say yeah. King James yep. on the back. Or, oh, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Kobe's was Mamba. Like, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and so it's that's pretty cool and something I don't think the NHL would ever do. Right. Like, there's no chance. Well, in the NBA, people are more, there's more like just personality and flair and the players do all the drama. Whereas it seems yeah. like hockey, you know, hockey players are just more disciplined and it's more of just. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's a good and bad side of that, right? Like yeah. the dress code side of things is changing. Mm-hmm. you know, towards more casual certain like Arizona did hundred percent casual last year. We, this year, like we were still, you know, Crosby is very much 
you know, pretty old school with that stuff. So we wore suits, which I'm personally a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part with it is like you have some guys that would pull up in like gym shorts and like flip flops. Then you have some guys that would wear nice jeans and a, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know, some a nicer outfit. Mm-hmm. Then some guys would be in a suit, so like it looks very like discombobulated. Yeah, right, that way. Whereas the NBA, like it's been like that for so long now that everybody's kind of on the same page where nobody comes in and sweats. Right. If they yeah. do, it's like the team issued sweats. <clears throat> yeah. Where at least it still looks okay. Um, you know, I know the Wild switched like team sweats on flights, uh-huh. and that looks good as long as everyone's wearing the same thing. Right, everyone has to be matching. But again, like I know certain guys on my team right now that if we said there was no dress code, it would be an absolute shit show. Right, like they would come in Crocs. Yeah. Like it would be. <laughs> well, and that reminds me of like the NBA bubble. I remember Kawhi Leonard was like walking into his game, and he was wearing like flip flops and sweats and a sweatshirt, and it said, "When you're on your way to financial aid, like in college," and he just literally looked like a college student walking and yeah. walking in the union to go talk about why some charges added to his bill. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, but for them, that's become so much more normal, right? Right, that's the fashion mm-hmm. side. But yeah, I'll say this, like. That adds such a different element to the player's like status, not status, but mm-hmm. like just the image of of individual players and their their own um you know persona, their own brand, I'll I'll say, right? Like it it adds so much to that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the NHL is definitely far behind on right. compared to to the NBA. Um, but I'll the other side of it, you know, the NFL is even behind the NBA in that like the NBA is the, the front runner by a mile mm-hmm. and then it's the NFL MLB and NHL are kind of on the same playing field like you never see what MLB players are wearing no the WNBA no. is actually really good at it too okay if you ever like if you follow the WNBA on social media like they post what the what, what the women are wearing and you know like it's it's pretty cool that they go to that aspect of it because again it's for their own personal brands right well almost like Joey B like what he would wear for sure. Yeah. Like that exactly. as to his personality. Recently, Aaron Rodgers looking like Nick Cage from Con Air right. walking oh, up yeah. the training camp. And then you and you look over at Kirk Cousins just showing up in just some normal gym shorts, a T-shirt, walking in with a hat, you yeah. know, just uh, to see well, guys and then, again. And then like Russell Wilson, right? Wearing his own jersey. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what the hell is that getting about? Out, getting out of like a tank or something. <laughs> yeah. Drove up in like a yeah. Hummer. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Starwood Motors made that for him. But like it's yeah, it's crazy. Like it's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy how. Some take it to a whole nother level and then some are so casual and, Mm -hmm. you know, against it. So it's, it's slowly changing in the NHL, but it'll take, it'll take 30 years to get to where the NBA is today. So So, it's that long. So you're pulling up to camp here soon. What are you wearing? Um, I would wear kind of what I'm wearing, t-shirt and shorts. I'll keep it simple. Right. Yeah. But I mean, for me, like. For us, our thing is like make sure you always look presentable, right? right? Like that's, that's you don't want to look ridiculous, yeah. yeah. And like even like Aaron training Rogers. camp, we have zero zero you know restrictions or rules on attire. We'll have guys that are in flip flops and you know and, and all that, and that's fine for training right. camp. Like we're not, no one sees you walking into the rink for training mm-hmm. camp. Like it's the NFL, that's like a thing that they it do is, every yeah. year. For hockey, it's not like you've got sixty some odd guys. Mm-hmm. 70 guys, whatever it is, like walking in a back door. Yeah. You know, from, from a private <laughs> you just, parking lot. You, like, just, you just leave your car and you go yeah, in. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and ours is like 15 feet. Right? Yeah. You right. Know, like you're just, and then you're inside. So for us, all all of our, for the NHL, or I mean, at least for the Penguins, I'll say, 
like all of our stuff, like they'll get pictures of us walking onto the plane before trips in our suits, mm-hmm. but we're wearing a suit still, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we wear suits yeah. on flights. So like you're catching that sometimes before games, but again, you're in a suit. Right. So I kind of take it to where with some of my suits, I'll wear some crazier stuff suit wise, mm-hmm. but still it's a suit, right? You're not like Jalen Ramsey getting out of like a money truck. Remember, was that last year? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Bro. I feel like if there's one player in the NHL who might pull something like that, it could be like Trevor Zegras, maybe. Just because his. <laughs> I could see PK Subban doing it. Yeah. Okay, flashy. Subban, yeah. Yep. PK's flashy. Even Evander. Yeah, He's got that Evander personality team. going for him, I guess. Well, I see. But speaking of like watching guys like come in, like they show them showing up to game day wearing what they, you know, their attire. I just see, I see a few guys coming in with coffee. Are you like I'm a coffee guy. you're a coffee, a coffee guy before guy. games? I'm a coffee guy, yeah. yeah. Americano. Wow. Yeah. See, I don't I see personally, like I feel like that would like jack me up too much before the game and then I would like crash. Well but, so I a lot of people talk about this, and here's the thing. Like for us, you're drinking that coffee at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a seven o'clock game. Right. So you've already had your up. You're down, and right. then you're trying to find another up before <laughs> yeah, right? the game, which is hopefully some adrenaline, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, okay. it's it it really serves no purpose. <laughs> like, okay. For me, it's because I am I'm I love afternoon coffees. Like yeah. every day, I have an afternoon mm-hmm. coffee every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time, like I'm a short nap guy. Like I love a 15, 20 minute nap. Mm-hmm. Carly thinks I'm absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. But like I'll close my eyes like ten minutes. And wake up and be like, all right, I'm ready to go. And it works like, wonders. That though. is the most refreshing yeah. feeling, though, because yes. we sleep longer. See, like, yeah. I, I've always wished that America would adopt what they do in Spain every day. They have, like, the hour break where you go home during a work day and mm-hmm. everyone naps. It's like a, it's like a normal thing that yeah. they do. Because I do it, like, ever since I started working from home, I'll do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just pop a quick yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And I just and the rest of the day, I'm, I'm great. Yeah. Right. You don't need three hours. No. Like, no. 20 minutes and you're good. Yeah. yeah. Like, there have been times I'll get you know, somewhere to pick up the kids and be 10 minutes early and I'll take a 10 minute nap in the car. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's well, that, awesome. That's it's a perfect. big dad move too. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. It makes 100%. Sense. <laughs> like it's, you know, I, it's like, I love the 10, 15, like the most I'll do is like 30, 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's if I'm like really tired, but then you're pushing it. Like at that point, there's times that I don't want to get up. Right. You hit the point of no return, which I think is about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much sleep you got the night before. But if you go longer than like an hour taking a nap, you, you do not want to get up the rest yeah. of the day. I think yeah. scientifically just, they've said the threshold yeah. is 30 minutes. If you go beyond 30 minutes, yeah. you're going to wake up groggy. That's yeah. Like my pregame nap is about hour 45. So oh. on game days, I do that. You do it. Wait, you sleep an hour and 45 minutes before? Before the game, yeah, really, yeah, and that's probably on par with a lot of guys. Okay, I didn't and so, know that. Yeah, so like my pregame naps are the only ones that I'll ever nap like that. Wow, and so that's that's every game day, but that's kind of become the routine. It's really bizarre because if I know I have a game that day, I can fall asleep hour forty five, crash the whole time, get up, and I'm ready to go. Whereas like the next day is a practice day, I'll go try to do the exact same thing. I'll sleep twenty minutes and I'm up. So you're wow. not so a game day. You're not like anxious. You're not struggling to fall asleep. You just you're out. I'm out. Yeah, I I didn't yeah. know that about any hockey players. That's nuts. I bet you ninety eight percent of hockey players nap at least an hour and a half on game days. And that's like in before you get to the the arena. Yeah, or? so it'd okay. be like after pregame meal. Okay. So you basically the schedule would essentially be like nine o'clock. You're at the rink. You're skating at ten thirty. If you're the away team, eleven thirty. So as for like my home game schedule would be this. You're at the rink by 9, 10.30, you're on the ice. You're off by 10.45. You're home by 
So I'll like, I'll shower, I'll do a cold tub then. I'll grab my meal and I bring it home. So I'm eating my meal at home by like 12 o'clock. I'll hang out till probably one with the kids, you know, whatever. I'll sleep from one to call it 2.45, sometimes 1.15 to three, whatever. And then I'm up, I'll have my coffee at home. I'll hang out with the kids for, you know, 30, 45 minutes and I leave around 3.45 for the game. Wow. wow. Okay. That's insane. That tells yeah. me that, that make the afternoon coffee makes sense now. We went full circle there mm-hmm. because you're waking yeah, up exactly. from that. But yeah. you, I suppose you're like preparing all the energy you have for the game. Right. Like you're and making other, sure you got to be rested. Right. The other side of it, and, you know, we're not going to get too technical here, but like we have so many nights of such little sleep because of after games. Like after a game, I'm up till two, three in the morning. I know. Yeah. Like you're I, running I, on I, that I, adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys, like I know Sid is the craziest sleeper I've ever seen in my mm. life, Crosby. After like game seven last year, he fell asleep on the bus to the airport. Really? <laughs> Like this guy, but every game, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. He's yeah. just, he's so calm all the time. He's just out right he's after. Out. He can sleep on, like on cue whenever he wants. I need that. Every, it's crazy. Oh, I always try to sleep on planes. I can't do it. No, like, me neither. I could have played Arizona in front of like 300 fans and I'm up till three in the morning. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I can't sleep just, you know, before like a crazy work day, you know, mm-hmm. but then you're playing in a game seven of a playoff series with huge implications in front of thousands of fans. And you, you're telling me Sidney Crosby is just like, Oh, I'm going to take a quick nap. Yeah. But he's like, he, I've never seen him get amped up. Like yeah. he doesn't ever get amped. He's up. just a calm like, guy. He's, he's just always time. calm. Yeah. He's that's just crazy. He's just, and that's why he's so good. Like, right. He right. Plays the game. Calm. Yeah. 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 You know, in his head, like it could be chaos around him, but for him, it's moving in slow motion. Not overthinking it. So yeah. is it, is it true that there are guys who like after a game will exercise, will still exercise? I've heard stories of people who like ride the bike after a game. Yeah, we do every game. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. We work out after every game. Um, you know, unless you have a back to back, you're, you're lift, you, we do our, our lifts after games. Really? Yeah. That's very normal. And the reason why is because you don't want to do it like on a practice day. Where you have a game the next day to where if you're sore at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so you typically, you know, and that's when you're trying to get the recovery back in. So you typically play your game, you'll do your lift or your bike ride, whatever, right after. And then your recovery starts right away. So you've got 48 hours till your next game day. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, at the minimum. Mm-hmm. So that's plenty of time to recover and kind of get back into it. Okay. Damn. Whereas if you have a back to back, you're not, right? Right. Like some guy that does I'll, make I'll, sense I'll still, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll still ride the bike. Um, as like a recovery ride and then I'll cold tub after for a back to back, but that's like a recovery ride. You're cycling. Like you're not mm-hmm. riding. The bike. Right. You're right. Not, you're not on a Peloton bike. Yeah, exactly. Up the hill. exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going uphill. Right, we're, we're going going up. down a Canyon now. Yeah. And <laughs> no. then, you know, for us, like there's, there's nights that you end up playing 12 minutes, you know, or, right. or 15 minutes in a game rather than 16 to 18, you know, 16 to 18 is probably my normal. So if I play 12, 13, 14 minutes, like I get I'm after the game. I'm like, man, I feel like I didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you, so do, fast, you yeah. do it. Yeah. You do a bike ride and it, you know, keeps your conditioning up. It, it's good for you. So would you consider yourself a smelling salt guy? Absolutely not. No, no, really? Okay. I hate them. You hate them? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I can't do it. Damn, I'm not a fan. We have three bottles right there. <laughs> Those are smelling salts. We, yeah, do them are. During, we do them during the podcast sometimes. Yeah. I'm personally not a fan. They don't really do it for me. Like mm-hmm. th- for me, it's kind of like, what was that? And then like, I don't know. Like, I didn't well, really. It doesn't really give you like, I think scientifically wise, like they don't even give you like a sustained jolt, like for no. like minutes. It's like maybe just 
a second and then it's it's gone yeah it's basically like a what the hell just happened mm-hmm. yeah right? that's all it is it's <laughs> that's not, pretty much what it is yeah it doesn't do anything for you that's right? probably like, why people like us love them yeah <laughs> because it's just well we have guys that do them no. you know tv timeouts like yeah. you know before periods tv timeout whatever like you know we have quite a few that do maybe not tv timeout. like darcy kemper was a guy that every single tv timeout he would have a smelling salt you yeah. know coming oh. back to the bench he was one of those guys um, I've just never been a fan. I've never liked them. Yeah. Um, I think it's hilarious when our trainers will like throw them over the class. People don't realize what it is. And they're like, oh, and they like <laughs> lose their minds. Have you ever seen those fans do that sometimes? Oh, they give them the fans. Oh yeah. They'll oh wow. It. That's hilarious. You can find some videos on YouTube that are comical. Yeah. I like, bet. yeah, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. Cause what these a- fans will pick them up and like, what is this? And they'll tell them like to smell it like through yeah. the glass and they'll do it and like lose their mind. <laughs> I remember someone. So, so Jake got to go on the ice at a wild game and. Uh, yeah, to write on the Zamboni because we had a connection that let us do that, and he he gave you a smelling salt. Yeah, right? he was kind of following behind me. He's like, "Hey, man, smelling salt. I just want to see a video of it because he knew guy. who we were." And he's like, "I just want to see a video on socials of you doing it." He just handed me a smelling salt. I'm like, "I mean, I, I can't complain." So yeah, middle of the he, game, we're in the concourse. Oh, and I guess I guess it down the line. I guess they just have a basket that they can just grab. As many as they they're, want. Because they're on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so our trainers have buckets on them. Like, <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Well, and like football guys, like, put them in front of their eyes and shit. They're, Patrick they're, Kane does that. Yeah, oh, yeah. he does that. Yeah. I I don't. There's no way that does anything. No. No. Except for damage to, like, your retinas, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're. The amount of brain cells that you're killing every yeah. moment that you're doing that. I is, know. Is astronomical. We've probably killed so many. Yeah. I mean, it's I, not like we're, we haven't done them like we're not doing them like every day, every hour or anything. But like but during during podcasts, we've done them a couple times. And Carly yeah. did it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or whatever, before the initials game mm-hmm. on Power Trip. Like they had them and, and she did it. And she's like, I she thought she was high, like <laughs> yeah. on multiple drugs. <laughs> yeah, she said she's like, I couldn't think she's like, she she like she felt crazy from it. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I was like, I. We had we had meat sauce here a couple months ago, and he he's like not phased by him at all. Like like we gave him the bottle, and he was like, I just didn't even react. He's like, I used he to has, do these all the time. He has nothing up there. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, should have said that. It's just mush. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no brain cells to kill. Yeah, that's it. That's all he's got. And then yeah. and then Billy G was like, really loved it. He's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. He was a big smelling salts guy. I tried to tell him, we're like, yeah, these things give you energy. He's like, no, they fucking don't. No, no, no they don't. <laughs> no. I, was, I was like, I don't know. I feel pretty good after doing it. He's like, yeah, for like, what, three seconds? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah, Billy G knows. Like, he, mm-hmm. he played in the old days when yeah. guys were eating them. You exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Putting them like they're probably tucking yeah. them in their lip like it's a chew. Right. Oh. Right. Like, that's, that's, when, that's when Billy G played. So, yeah. like, it's a different level. But, um, yeah, they, they do nothing. No. They do nothing. Do you play with do you play with guys who don't wear socks in their skates? Ooh. Yeah. I just yeah. Are you one of those guys? No. Oh, okay. I'm a sock guy. Brian Boyle did no socks. Um Ricard Raquel does he cuts off like the I, he literally cuts his socks like in the and ha- like in the middle of his foot. You know, so like That's his toes are weird. exposed, but his heel has a sock on it. Okay. Does that makes sense. Be so yeah. Un- yeah, no, but that would be so he uncomfortable. Wants his toes to breathe. Well, what's weird about it is like in my mind, I'm like, so I'm like Ricky, like, how does your sock not roll up the second you put your skate on, right? Like, yeah. it just rolls up your foot. Like now you've got, like can't be comfortable, but that's what he does. 
There's some crazy stuff like that we've heard just that players hockey do. players are nuts. Yeah. Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Like it's it's pure insanity. None of it actually helps. None of it matters. No. It's just go out there and play the game. Like, Superstition. And the, the amount of things that I switch and do and try, it's it's all idiotic. Like yeah. everybody does it. The, the, if, if one hockey player in the world tells you that he does absolutely nothing, he's lying. Yeah. Like well, oh, I'm just a standard tape job guy. I, yeah. I, I saw the... Uh, Everyone is until you haven't scored in 10 games. <laughs> yeah, right? I saw a picture of uh, Ryan O'Reilly's stick the other day, and I was blown away by it. How it, he, he's used to playing everything off the heel, and the toe just curves to push the puck back to the heel. It was like... It was he, the weirdest the, stick the I've reason, ever seen. So, so the, the problem with the straight curve, Crosby has it too, is because you don't have a toe, if you were to... Like, if I'm a lefty and I go to turn right... Yeah. The toe, the the puck wants to slip off your toe. Right, it doesn't it doesn't like retain. Yeah. It. Whereas like I have a a toe curve where it'll hold it kind of in that like pocket we call it. Yeah. And so Ryan O'Reilly is a really straight curve. Crosby's the same way. Patrick Kane's the same way. So for O'Reilly, that was his way of having a toe where he when he turns right, it'll kind of hold it in that so called pocket there. Right. But it it serves no purpose for him. Right. You know, he's a heel player. Patrick Kane's a heel player. Crosby's a heel player. Like those guys shoot the puck. Everything they do is basically off the heel. It's a completely different way of playing, but they've done that their entire lives. Right. That's why their puck skills are so good. They've used that same stick their entire lives. You know, like it's just kind of a, a lot of guys switch, switch things up and try new things. Like those guys have never once done it and they got so used to <laughs> it. And that's what they like. That's nuts. And it's yeah. like Kaprizov, like, well, who's telling us he like, cuts his, cuts his uh the tongue off i don't yeah. think he has like tongues on his skates yeah they're they're pretty short but he's because he's a guy that le- you know doesn't like the tongue underneath his shin pads mm-hmm. but he also doesn't like tongues out because it kind of restricts you from leaning forward because it, yeah. it hits it so he just cuts it yeah you know he also cuts the cuffs off of his gloves you know so like most people where it says bauer like on the cuff mm-hmm. there's still another piece on top of that he cuts that piece off Jeez. you know like some guys are really finicky <laughs> that way whereas like crosby like his uh the palms of his gloves are like an inch thick like he's really mm-hmm. likes a thick palm mm-hmm. of his gloves mm-hmm. whereas mine need to be like paper thin you yeah almost have your yeah you feel the stick. yeah i want to feel the stick whereas right. he's like i guess he the story he tells is that when he was a kid his parents used to sew leather on his gloves because they didn't want to have to buy him new pairs yeah oh wow so he yeah. has, used to have a thick leather pad like of it for his, the palm of his gloves so that's what he got used to yeah so now that's what he has to stick with. Yeah, it seems like all those traditions always stem from like what people have done as kids. Because I know yeah. there's another player in the league who uses like three pieces of tape or like one piece of tape just across his stick. Because growing up, he just didn't have money. His parents didn't have money for tape. Like, so he made it work with just the bare minimum amount yeah, of tape. Yeah, I can't remember who yeah. is Jenner who, who told us all this stuff, but I can't remember who that yeah, was. But it's Fiala like, used to do that. Fiala, yeah. yeah. Does he not do that anymore? No, he, okay. he tapes his full stick, but he cuts oh. the bottom of it off. Oh, okay. okay. So like he likes the feel of the the blade sliding um, on the ice yeah. like that. So he cuts wow. the bottom of his off, but it's a full tape job. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Like Pasternak has a crazy one. Like the guys are, you know, they do crazy things. And some people, you know, realistically, you should just tape it normal. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to be best for the yeah, overall exactly. game. But like it, does, it works for Pasternak just fine. So Jake, you need to come up with some weird shit for, for beer league. You need to have some weird tradition you do. The way you dress, or uh, I don't know how much room you have as a goalie there. Um, yeah, maybe only maybe only strap one strap in my goalie pads and leave them all unstrapped and see how that works yeah. for myself. Yeah, and or barely Try tie my skates. Go two gloves. Oh, go two gloves. No stick and no stick. 
The stick seems Why like it's that's kind a, of a pain in the ass, anyways. That, it, it it kind of is. It kind of gets in the way, and it, yeah, well, you can catch on and, both sides. And like I when I when I want to pass the puck, I'm not on my you know your lefty essentially just instead of because I'm just a punch a fist and punch it or yeah, kick it or two blockers and two sticks. Two blockers. Nah, dude, that'd be weird. But no, try something like that, or maybe go no chest no chest protector, no, no helmet. See, that's the old like school. A terrible idea. No, I know. Yeah. Get like the oh jeez, get the, like the, the old Jason of, mask. The episode of Trailer Park Boys where he's got the milk carton as a, as a face mask. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Go, I mean, go there, there's school. a there's a multitude of options, but I kind of like the double glove. Yeah. yeah. Have you actually seen that? No, never. Okay, I'd be the first. Show up to just the game, just go out on the ice wearing two just, gloves. Go just when you need to like pass a puck, just kick it. Like yeah. just go old yeah. soccer yeah. goalie, like yeah. throw it in the air, kick it. Like I said, like you see the soccer goalies wearing the huge fucking gloves. Like that would be the, gotta, the yeah. modern day hockey goal. We got to test yeah. this on the ODR this winter. We, we got to try that out. I'll have to buy another glove, but I I think that would be electric. Some people call it stupid. We call it innovation. I, I think may, maybe like we're, we're joking about it, but in 10 years, you will start seeing goalies actually performing this method of, of net minding, I should say, in the NHL. You never know. Yeah. It's always evolving. You, you guys are going to cause some chaos here. But <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. like it. Yeah. We, Part. Part of the internet will actually will actually drive them crazy. Well, you shouldn't somewhere. trust anything that anyone tells you on the no. internet ever, anyways. No, so no, I'm. I'm I know that everything own. you read on the internet is true. Yeah, uh, well, it is. I, I it, read that it, on the internet. It depends yeah, exactly. on your perspective. Yeah, <laughs> it may or may or not be true, but I think it it is true because the internet told me so. Right. Yeah, I read it there, so yeah. it means it's got to be. True. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Especially if you hear it from us. Well, Jake, <laughs> yeah. did you have any other questions? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, yeah. Jason, we got to move into the rapid fire. You did this last year when you were okay. on, but we uh, we have ten new questions for you. Okay. Um, so, Deserted Island. You can only choose one movie to watch for the rest of your time there. What is it? Step Brothers. Good Gold. choice. Uh, name a first world problem bugging you at the moment. Oh man. Um, my uh, babysitter. Okay. Um, let's see. If you had a walkout song, which I think should be in every sport at this point, uh, what would it be? Um, man, that's tough too. I know this is rapid fire. I'm that's not all right. Very good at this. This uh, is an important one though. I don't know. Joker and the Thief. Wolfman. No, I was Wolf trying to Wolf think Wolf. of like. I'm a Zach Brown guy. Like I love okay. Zach oh. Brown band. So I, right. chicken I fried. Yeah, chicken fried would be a good one. Or That'd homegrown. Be... Homegrown's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Okay. Love it. No, that would definitely that would definitely change it up. Uh, mayo or Miracle Whip? Which which word do you use? Or no, no, that that's that's uh, dressings on on sandwiches. Oh, okay. They're not the same thing. But do you do you like mayo or mayo or Miracle Whip? You prefer one I over the other? I say mayo, but I hate both. Okay. okay. But if you had to choose. I, I hate mayo, too. That's yeah. why I didn't even understand mm. that question. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're, de- they're technically different. Maybe somewhere else, like down south, they're the same or something. But, I mean, Midwest, they're, they're different. They're, they're different? different? Yeah, different oh, yeah. flavors. Okay. Yeah, they like, I don't, I'm, like, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Miracle Whip. I like mayo more, but. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a I'm not a mayonnaise guy on anything. I, yeah. I, I don't really like it personally. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite sport? Baseball. Baseball. Uh, craziest thing on your bucket list? Or what's the craziest thing you'd consider doing, maybe? I'm not really like a crazy adventurous guy. Like, I don't want to skydive. Like, I don't want to do any of that. You don't want to join the cast of Jackass? No. <laughs> no. Like, I used to, when I was a kid, absolutely right, right. I wanted to. That, my brothers and I used to do that all the time. Like, pretend we were... Jackasses. Yeah. Um, 
trying to think. I don't even know. Like for me, I dirt biking is like I love riding dirt bikes. So maybe something with that. All right, maybe hit a cool. huge jump. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that'd be Deal. sick. You can uh, you can do foam pit backflip into a foam pit. There you go. Foam pit. There, there you go. go. Uh, is a hot dog considered a sandwich? No. Electrically fast answer on that one. What is your favorite fast food place? Um, after a few drinks, aka a lot of drinks, Taco Bell. Yep. Um, but it, like day to day, I'm gonna have to say McDonald's. Okay, it's consistent. Have you seen that new Taco Bell in Brooklyn Park? No, I gotta get there. It's, it's like, like a bank. It's like a bank. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you so you drive up and you I think you tell the the window like what you want. And you like put your credit card in a thing, and it sucks it up through a tube. They must have built that where a bank actually was before. I'm guessing. I don't know. And it, then, and then it it comes down in like one of those tubes with your food. It's a, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they decided to build it here in oh, Brooklyn Park. Cool. Yeah. Another dub for Minnesota mm-hmm. on yeah. that one. Nice. I'll, 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 I might that might be the bucket list item. Is go yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, what is who's one person you'd want to hang out with, dead or alive? Muhammad Ali. I like it. Uh, final one, the best one of all is give us your strike three call. So if you're an ump right now, umping a game, strike three, how, how are you saying it? I kind of like the old, like, Steve Reich. Like how Steve they, Reich? you know what I mean? How they like. The old school. The old school. Yeah. yeah that'd be, yeah, that'd kind of be the old school. I, I like that. Sweet. Strike. Strike. Yeah. It's almost like, ha, ha. it's like a three syllable word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stir, instead of like the like we've had others come in and we've asked them to give us their strike three call and they're like I prefer the way where it just sounds like a bunch of jargon and you don't know yeah. what it means like when they're like ah oh, ah yeah you know? like they, 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 they blurt anything ah, out ah, they, ah, they even ah, say strike three it's like what yeah what does that mean that's not even a I didn't even know it was a thing is oh that like the new way of yeah no there are umps who yeah who just who just blurt out random shit at, at, le- at least really? maybe maybe to themselves they're saying strike three but like I, I'll hear it on you'll hear it like at on TV I'll hear like ah oh, like it's we, really, really strange. We yes, need, we need a hockey ref who like does the symbol for a penalty, but they just blurt out some random mm. shit. Wes McCauley is your best chance. Yes. I was gonna say yes. he might be the guy. Yeah. Wes is the guy. Yeah. We need to talk to him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Jason, we want to thank you so much for coming yeah. on, man. Thanks it was a blast for... having you here. And definitely, folks, if you want to sign up for the golf tournament, I think I think we're over halfway full now. It's still nice. Three weeks out, yeah. so we're yeah. filling it up quick. I love it. Let's uh, let's get it full. And again, thank you guys so much for doing that. It's going to go to uh, some great programming for us at the hospital, and the kids are benefiting, um, you know, in a huge way from it. So we really appreciate all the support, and come uh, come hang out with us. I'll be there. Carly will be there, and we'll have some fun. Yep. Yeah. And Jason will be carrying us to uh, 39th place with a celebrity putt. <laughs> yes. Or 35th. 35th. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll move once. We're going to move one spot up. One it's going spot, to happen this and then, year. And then yeah. in, in 30 years, <laughs> we should be in first. Top five at point. least. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. It's a good goal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, well, come hang out with us, guys. 10ktakesmn.com. There's a there's a link at the top for 10K Invitational. And actually, on that page as well, you can donate directly to the Invitational, which will all go back to Give16. So hope you guys join us there. And uh, we'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Do you want to bet on sports in Minnesota or anywhere else where you are sick and tired of dealing with potentially dealing with casinos, maybe even taking more money than you think they should be taking. Well, we have the application for you. I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about better edge. It's a legal online social betting marketplace that allows you to post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in an online marketplace. You can commit in direct to head challenges with your friends or with horrible betters, such as myself, sometimes boss man, 
and then compete in public or private betting competitions. You can set that up or you can compete in other betting competitions that have been set up in the app for more money or more or even some prizes like travel or getaways or stuff like that. And you can also buy or sell positions such as spread over under money line at current market prices. Now you set the we set the market. The people in the app set the market. It's not the casinos. It's a collective effort. It's a collective effort. Not it's a dictatorship. A, exactly. It's it's a it's a it's a free market. Essentially, a free market betting app. We set the market, and you bet against other people. But it's it's it works almost similar to a betting app that you might use in Vegas. In Vegas. Right. It's like a sports book right. app, and listen, but it's if, legal. If you're out there using the offshore books like Bovada, BetUS, or even uh, MyBookie, I don't know the law, but the cops may show up to your house and tase you. Exactly. Because that's against the law. But Better Edge is not against the law. Exactly. Instead of getting tased, you can legally win money on this app. And it, it works, like I said, just like any other sports betting um uh, any other sports betting app application or a thing you've used before or any sports book, except you're just betting against other people and you're setting the market. If you want to change the spread in a game because you think it's bullshit, you can you can create an order in the app um, or even look at other market orders that other people have maybe that they want to challenge on. And you can change the spread um, based on different from what the sports books have it set at or the odds makers, I should say. But you can go on. I, we recommend that you download this app, and you you want to use promo code 10K, so 10K at BetterEdge.com to get a free $20 when you sign up, and of course verify your ID. So once again, use promo code 10K, 10K at b e t t o r e d g e dot com to get a free $20. It's your money. Use it when you need it. That was an electric ad read. Yeah. It was it could be the tagline. J.G. Wentworth, I think. was J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. It's your money. Use it when you need it. You can get that money also you from have, You have like the angry old woman out like yeah. shaking her fist out the window. Mm-hmm. It's my money and I need it now. It's like, Beth, shut the fuck yeah, up. It's six in the I morning. Know. What the fuck trying are you to talking sleep? about, fucking crackhead? <laughs> those, those commercials are always outrageous. Oh. But, God, that was just a blast of an interview with Jason. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I think, I think honestly, we could have done that for four more hours we could have kept going we could have rogan did yeah we we literally could have had a you know three four or five hour podcast with him and we'll definitely have him on again he's going to be involved in of course more events like the 10k invitational but he's a family guy you know he's he's got a you know wife and kids at home and we didn't want to take up all of his time but it was still an electric interview yeah so much fun so once again folks sign up for that golf tournament while spots are available it's filling up really fast and so are the sponsorship spots we're running out of sponsorships which damn that's a good problem to have Mm -hmm. so sign up on our website 10ktakesmn.com but final segment canceled it's 2022 everything and everyone is getting canceled for one reason or another and now we're gonna do it because we're pissed off at the world and we have problems and no one knows how to deal with our problems yeah what is it in the the family episode these problems matter it's like nothing will matter as much as us skipping rocks on this (laughs) lake right now i've got so many problems man yeah (laughs) Like like the inspirational, like yeah. motivational shit. No, we're just going to bitch for a uh, couple yes, minutes that's here. That's what we do. All right. What do you want to cancel today? So I'm just going to straight up cancel. So um, those in the corporate world or anybody who uses teams and you set up meetings and teams know that when not, I'm not saying when you maybe host the meeting or you set up the meeting, but someone else does and you know, you probably have to be there. Um, you can see that notification when they, someone starts the meeting. Um, so you, there's the big, beautiful button that says join because we all love meetings and that, that, that button is just the most satisfying button to see, uh, cause you always want to join meetings. Of course, I may or may not be being, I may or may not be sarcastic when I say that I'm being sarcastic, but anyway, 
It drives me nuts. I'm canceling those people. 30 seconds into the meeting, if you have not joined yet, because obviously if you need to be there, you know you should be at the meeting. But there's been a couple occasions where I haven't joined a meeting in maybe until 30 seconds after it started because I'm finishing something else up. I'm literally just about to join, and they start calling me. They start calling you from the meeting. Blah, blah, blah is calling you from to join this meeting. I'm like, I fucking know. I'm joining it right now. I got give me, time. Give me one fucking second. Like, like it's like I know it's on my calendar. I'm joining it. Like I'm give me two fucking seconds. It drives me nuts. It's one thing where if you're supposed to join a meeting that you're supposed to be at and it's been five minutes and you're not, you just forget about it. And they're like, oh, we should call them. Like, I'm never that person to be like, oh, they're, they, they haven't shown up in a minute. Uh, or it's been, it's been 30 to 45 seconds, um, since I started this meeting, I know he's invited. I'm going to call him to join the meeting. Mm-hmm. Literally. I'm going to decline the meeting, break my computer and literally never join that join a meeting ever again with this uh, corporation. Yeah. So that shit, I'm canceling those people that will literally call you within 30 seconds, um, of you not joining a said meeting that has started where I know I need to join, but give me like two seconds. See, like for those of you who are blue collar workers, I know us in corporate America, these problems are very minimal compared to your problems, but we still hate them. We still, the, the, the only difference is the shit that we deal with is really petty and it's almost worse than just a full blown shit storm Mm -hmm. because at least in a full blown shit storm, there's like actual, there's an actual reason to get mad at someone. There's actual reason for there to be drama when it's for something as minimal as stuff like this, it just gets really old after a while. So I feel the pain. Yeah. Canceling those people um, tenfold and don't deal with a lot of them. Um, some people know that it can take you a second to get into a meeting. Don't call them yep. when it's on my calendar and I'm going to join it. Calm down. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to cancel three things, actually. The first thing I'm going to cancel is the speed of the month of July. Uh, it seems like we just we just had the fourth and then everything that happened after it, it, this entire month is a blink of an eye every single year. And it sucks because it's the, it's the best times of life. You have the fourth, you have family, friends, you have lakes, mm-hmm. golf. I mean, yeah, you can do all this shit in August, but it's not the same with, with fall creeping in, especially if you're a kid who goes to school. You know that, uh, you know, having to go back to school is near and having to go back to real life is near. So it does suck. Uh you know how fast July goes yeah. by, and I know, like personally, me, I have fun stuff I do every weekend in July that I do almost every year. So this is like mm-hmm. this is a time of tradition, and it just fucking sucks how fast it goes by. Today's already when we're recording this; it's already August first. I know it's bullshit, and I won't stand. I won't stand for it anymore. We need to slow down the month of July. That's yeah. the solution. It, it sucks, and we got to find ways. How are we going to slow it down? Well, we'll have to have father time on the podcast father time on the podcast or we bring this up many times i think for solutions is somehow join the metaverse oh correct the metaverse does something I, we could probably it's always join. it's always a good time i mean it's always the good times when you're in the metaverse well i mean the metaverse is all virtually and virtually made i'm sure mark zuckerberg can figure something out where he just makes the entire year july mm-hmm. or makes july feel like 100 days rather well, than 30 you know the quote by andy bernard where he says uh, you never really know you're in the good old days until they're already gone or yeah, something like yeah, that. Exactly. Mark Zuckerberg could essentially solve that problem by always making it the good old days in the metaverse. Could you, I could totally see like an intro, a, a really <laughs> cheesy video. Andy Bernard in the office said, you don't know you're in the good old days until they're behind you. I'm willing to bring the good old days to you. To the present. To the present. <laughs> dude, that's exactly what he would do. And yeah. he just looked at like his fucking robot lizard like, ass. Dude. 
life life as we know it is over. Jeez, it's, it's, it's done. Control. My actually funny bit I like to do is like when I fill up 110, you know, when my tank costs 110, dollars I like to take a picture of it yeah. and just say instead of like saying thanks Biden or thanks like politician who influences gas prices mm-hmm. i say a billionaire completely unrelated I'm yeah like, thanks mark zuckerberg Th- he might have something to do with it though in some way or, or, I'll ta- or i'll take a picture of it and just be like thanks robert Kraft." Mm-hmm. yeah fucking asshole Th- <laughs> yeah thanks rob Lowe. what oh. <laughs> it's, it's the best yeah it's just that's a good bit it's a good way to stay out of the the political limelight mm-hmm. uh but another thing i have as well is uh i'm gonna cancel golf courses who don't have scorecards on the second hole so if you're not if you're a golf course who doesn't provide scorecards on the carts and you don't have them at the second hole, I fucking hate you. And yeah, it's my responsibility to grab one while I'm in the pro shop. You put it right in front of me where I can see it, but I'm too passive aggressive. I'm worried about just sliding my card in there and getting out of there. I'm so I'm socially anxious. But it's courtesy. It's common courtesy and etiquette to probably have one on hole too because yeah. some people are going to they're going to forget it. I stare at the scorecard and I'm like they'll probably have one in the cart. Yeah. Right, they. Uh, they They'll probably have one on they, hole they two. Sh- they sh- they and then should. they don't. Then you have to edge your scores yeah. to the steering wheel, where it gives all the warning instructions. Oh, the Bev Carter girl will have one. Yeah, sure. Or or you, or you pull out like an old piece of paper out of your bag yeah, and you, just like you, write it down. You already or, start manually the old notes app on the phone. Oh, then I tried the notes app once, or not the notes app. I actually tried like a scorecard like app, and it was just it was actually kind of pissing me off because I can't see the entire card, right. all the holes. That actually drove me. You nuts. can only see one hole at a time, exactly, or two like or the three golf holes. Genius app for tournament scoring. It's the worst. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um. The third, the third person I'm canceling is myself. Uh, I just want to once again cancel myself for uh, everything. The tea time. Yeah. Thing. Just, couldn't the, get it the, out. The cancellation tea time I felt bit. so bad about that. So it's going full circle. We went from uh, that being your bit to now canceling, canceling myself because it. because it was a bit. Yeah. It's too disrespectful to make fun of. And uh, I was a bad friend, so I'm canceling myself for that. But we ended up golfing anyway. Um, Figured it out. And do, we, do you want to mention what Bubba did? Yeah, we could. Yeah, Bubba's an asshole. Yeah, he stole a putter. Yeah, if, if you don't know Bubba, what, what is he? He's he at herniated, herniated Bubba on Twitter. Yep. He stole a putter. Like you, you find a you find a club. Like someone left it at the hole. Hole eighteen. There's an unwritten code in golf. It's not finders keepers. I think no. he said finders keepers. That's bullshit. You're supposed to take it back to the sh- the sh- the golf shop, the pro shop, and say, "Hey, someone lost this putter," and they'll grab it for the person that's obviously go- or hold it for the person that's obviously going to come looking for it. No, Bubba said, "Yeah, I'll I'll bring it back." Nope, just gets in his car and drives off. And yeah. He says, "I have a new putter." So we're canceling Bubba as well. Yeah, let, let, we're going to cancel that. It's a dick move. It's not like man. finding a twenty dollar bill where anyone could claim it. Like if it's a specific putter, when it's someone property. comes back for it, the pro shop will be like, "What kind of putter are you looking for?" No one's just going to be able to name that exact style, that exact model, and get lucky that they have one to steal. Like it's going to be the exact person who lost it will come back looking for it, and now it's not there. It's going to be a very sad day when they go there and they're like, "I'm looking for the." The, yeah, this putter and had that yeah, putter. Have it. Had that putter since the eighties. Nope, had this, a lot of good times with that thing, and now it's gone. It's gone with uh, Bubba. Sucks. So. But all right, canceled myself. Canceled Bubba. It's just all things are right in the world, folks. That was another episode of It's a Bit. Once again, if you want to sign up for the 10K Invitational or the Twins Cup Snake, you can go to 10KTakesMN.com. Click on the Invitational tab as well as the Events tab for the Twins tickets. And while you're there, check out the blog. Mm-hmm. We just brought on some new bloggers. There's going to be some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Today we actually wrote a great blog. I know we're recording this Monday, so this is probably old news by the time this airs. But uh, Kaprizov's back mm-hmm. in the U.S. Let's give a quick round of applause yes. for that. 
and he's uh, landed. We, and uh, Dev used the cover photo coming all over the ice, and mm-hmm. people on Facebook are having a heyday mm-hmm. about that. For whatever reason, they have never seen that. Yeah, they're like, yeah, maybe you should check the graphic again. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we didn't intend for that to be the joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. cancel us Read now. the amount of F-bombs in that blog Jeez. and see if it makes sense. They don't even click into it to understand the bit. No, they don't They don't buy into the bit. They don't buy into the, the inverbial bit. Correct. But, uh, yeah, check out that. Check out our other pods. Also, make sure to listen to our radio show we have on KFAN on Sundays at 1. It's a bet. Been a little dry lately, but we've been getting through it. Also, there there might be some exciting upcoming news for what we'll be doing on KFAN during Vikings pregame. Can't say too much yet. Yep, can't say too much, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, so a lot of exciting things coming, folks, in the in the coming weeks. And uh, just stay tuned on our socials, 10K Takes on all of them, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll see you next week.